from Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. I am. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Well, the clock has not even struck six minutes past the top of the hour, but now it has just now. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. Glad that you are here. Oh, what a uh, what a whirlwind weekend. Friday, hope you were around for the ride. I could not have gone better. Just tremendous. Uh, and, a, and a big thank you, our contributors, our players, our team that puts the event on. It do, and I'll tell you, it doesn't matter. We could do it on the boardwalk at a miniature golf course. We could do it on the beach. You could you could take this. It's it's not the location. It's not the location at all. It's it's the collective spirit and the gathering of the event. Fifteen years in the making. Spectacular, incredible weather. And just a great feeling when I pulled out of the um, parking lot and hit some potholes and speed bumps along the way. It was just a spectacular ride home. Just wonderful. Wonderful. Felt felt satisfied. Felt accomplished. Felt flat out exhausted. Hot. But beautiful. Beautiful day. And uh, thank you to everyone that in any way that you are a part of it for being a part of it, truly wonderful. And we'll let you know about next year. I'm, I'm looking at either the third Friday in June, going back to that, there's just something about that that was magical, although it would not have been magical this year. No matter what you think, I mean, God is great. You do something 14 years in a row on a particular day and on the 15th year because of circumstances completely beyond your control. Now, if we wanted to move the event, we could have kept it on the third Friday in June. And if we had done that, it would have been in the 90s. It would have been completely, I don't think it would have been workable at the location we were at because it was outside and that would have been terrible. I mean, I would have, I I don't know how we would have done it. We were just so fortunate that one week, and of course, Margie and I wouldn't even have been there on the third Friday. But by the fourth Friday, it was in the 70s. And But I'll tell you what, it was supposed to be sort of sun, cut and run type of day. That sun came out and it stayed out the the forecast was largely correct zero percent chance of rain it was the temperature and the light wind that was called for but the sun was always out which for golf is not as good you you get burnt worse on on a cloud covered day than you would on a bright sunny day with the uvb but that sun made it feel hotter than it was. I mean, I, I went home feeling like I had been out 
and I guess we were outside from about, I broadcasted inside. So we were outside from a little after 10 until way late in the afternoon. I forget exactly what time, three, four o'clock, whenever it was. And I guess it was closer to four, almost five o'clock actually, by the time lunch and giving out the um, the news. Oh, congratulations to uh, to Glenn and Joe. We'll say the Daily Wallaces. Uh, they finished in a four-way tie last year and just got edged out in a multiple tiebreaker determination. And then this year, they dominated, dominated the field. They shot one stroke better, a 58, after shooting a 59 the year before. I don't think we've ever had a 58. 59 rings a bell a couple of times over the years, and we've played on different courses, three different courses. But what a day. What a glorious day. And, of course, we're going to be able to write additional grants. And the next thing you know, we're going to be in full bore planning for our, what I believe will be 13th annual charity dinner. And we know it's at Resorts Casino Hotel, and we know it's Friday, October 7th. And I'm getting very jazzed up for that. Because in addition to the dinner, we're going to put together a real blowout silent auction. But it was, uh, Friday was as we just love it to be, a, a who's who, the amazing turnout of people. Let me do a quick sidebar. I may or may not make any more comments uh, about the Hurley in the Morning Charity Golf Open this morning, depending on how things go. But I do want to start with this because it is June 27th, and that can mean only one thing. My bride of nearly 41 years is celebrating her special day. Happy birthday, Margie. Boy, it's, I'll tell you, it's all gone so fast. I've had a few conversations this weekend with different people. And you just think about, like, I can't believe that we've had 15 golf tournaments. It doesn't seem like two, but it doesn't seem like 10, and it surely doesn't seem like 15. Feels more like, I, I don't know why I'm pulling this number just out of the, out of the sky, out of the air. It feels like about eight. I don't know, not seven, not nine, but eight. So maybe about, it's, there's been almost twice as many as it seems, as it feels. Just all the more reason why, oh, and I'm such a big believer in this, because I had some, some jackass uh, encounter on, on Friday, late in the day, nothing to do with any of our players or any of our people, just just some low life. And I thought, you know what? I don't even know. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, that, that would have bothered me. It, it didn't bother me for five minutes. I thought about it and I, and I thought, all right, well, that doesn't matter who that is and you know what they're about. That doesn't matter. So you just let that stuff go. Don't don't ever God, it's it's one of the most empowering things ever. Remember when I first came back 
from our bout with the dreaded beast, COVID-19. And I shared with you some of my reflections of that uncomfortable week. And one of the most empowering things ever was reflecting on family, true friends, which I include you in that special crowd, versus transactional relationships. See, we need them. I'm not putting down transactional relationships. I'm just putting them in a different category. They're in a category that you should deal with at a professional level. uh, And sometimes you even have to tolerate transactional relationships. I mean, I had, I I will tell you uh, recently, I guess I'll just say within the past 90 days, there's somebody that is just very, how do I put this? Very minimally involved in my world. Very minimally. They're not absent, but they're barely present in my world. And the individual got like, in my face, this was not uh, someone being nasty, but it was somebody being completely over the top, off-putting, and just horrible. And I'm thinking, oh my God, is this just special for me? Or is, is, this, is this somebody that's really, is this like how somebody behaves? You know, I was thinking about Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Gray, and this is my space, and this is your space. I mean, I felt like having a little lesson. Hey, you're, you're very close in my face. This is, not, this is not going well. This is not, this is not comfortable. And that's a transactional type thing. So in my head, I'm thinking, all right, well, I'll just have to go with this for however long this is going to last. And I'll do what I can to make it as short as possible. And, and that'll be that. And then I may never see this person again, or I might see them again, you know, a couple of times here and there. But one of the most empowering things, my gosh, it was, it's like everything, every experience, if you look for it, there is something positive to be drawn from it. And I think my biggest lesson in COVID-19 was, and it gave me time that I normally don't have, even though I continued to work full-time digitally. Of course, I wasn't on air live. We were doing best of programs. So you, you figure that's a lot of time that I would normally be doing something else that I wasn't doing for that five air shifts, I think it was, that we missed. Or that, that, that handsome replacement uh, filled in for us, I should say, because we didn't miss because the show went on. But it gave me an opportunity to think about family, friends, versus transactional relationships. And look, I'm not the kind of person, I don't, I don't openly say, hey, you know, you don't mean anything. You're just transactional. But you do it yourself. You calibrate all of that. You're on your own. It's, it's, it's not hard. If you really look at each relationship that you have, you'll be able to figure it out. Who's really there when the chips are down? 
who are fair weather, who are just absolutely just users, losers and abusers. I mean, it's so easy. And then like a Dewey Decimal System, you just file that those cards and boom, it's right there in the file cabinet. Works. Could be life-changing if you know how to apply it. But you have to do it. You have to do it at, I think, a precise level, at a fair level, and in a way that it's your own private system, your own private setup, and it will change everything. Remember I told you a few years ago I was really bad at ever saying no. So I would wind up with this schedule that was just crushing. I'd have to be somewhere all the time, late at night even. And guess what? I don't remember when, but maybe about 10 years ago, I said, I'm going to have to learn how to say no and try to do it in a way that uh, it doesn't upset anyone. That, hey, listen, you know, that doesn't work for me because I wake up at two o'clock in the morning. I won't get home till like 11 o'clock at night. But if you do something like at lunch or something, you know, then I'll be there. Because I don't call anyone at two o'clock in the morning and say, how you doing? But people think nothing of that I should be awake at 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. Because they are. So these are things that as, and I think it comes with experience, just life, more life experience, and you, you make these adjustments. And incidentally, there's nothing wrong with creating boundaries where it almost becomes pretty known. You know, hey, don't invite Harry to come out till midnight, you know, Monday through Friday. That's not fair. It's not right. It's not considerate. And then it stops. But that, that required me to create certain boundaries not obnoxiously just hey look you know i'm not gonna ever wake you up at two and three in the morning hey how you doing how you doing i'm really wide awake are you awake how's it going you know i'm not gonna do that i've done did it one time hello guy look person answers hello you know think about it it's all the same as long as we take other people into proper consideration like we would like to have. But remember, people will abuse you if you let them. If you don't let them, they won't. Healthy Life Lessons presented by your life coach, Harry Hurley, in the morning. 20 minutes past the hour. Here's our Fox News commentary. And lately, maybe maybe she's got the gig. As I always tell you, I listen to it with you for the first time. Each morning, it's been Tommy Laren for a better part of a full week or more. Is it Tommy again? I think so. Fox News commentary. Roe v. Wade has been overturned, sending abortion policy back to the states. The Democrats found the one issue that could get their base to the polls in November and into the streets for both peaceful and violent protests. Batten down the hatches. I'm Tommy Laren. More next.
Run, walk, honor. The Tunnel to Towers 5K Run and Walk in New York City retraces FDNY firefighter Stephen Siller's final footsteps on 9-11. That single event has inspired more than 70 runs, walks, and climbs in different cities across the nation each year. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Landmark abortion case at the center of decades-long controversy has been overturned by the Supreme Court. And if you haven't noticed, the left is not happy. They've taken to the streets across the country to voice their outrage. And while I believe in the right to protest, gather, and petition the government, the First Amendment does not protect the lawless, violent, and vile actions we've seen in the last several days. So go ahead, be mad as hell. But that doesn't give you the right to break the law, to assault officers, to threaten others, or vandalize property. And elected Democrats like AOC are stoking the flames. Imagine if liberals would have been this fired up when the government shut down our economy for months on end, robbed us of our right to work, worship, and gather, and then force masks on faces and vaccines in arms. Rights, am I right? I'm Tommy Laird, and you can listen to all of my hot takes at foxnewscommentary.com. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. It's 25 minutes past the hour. This is Tell a Friend. The Hurley in the Morning program, the Truth and Broadcasting, comes out to play Monday through Friday right here on the station that plays the winners. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. Now, while we were minding our own business, doing great charity work on behalf of the community, we get word in real time that the ruling came out, figured it would be Friday. They had until the end of the month, but I figured it would be Friday, the last Friday of the month. Is, is this Friday actually July 1st? Whew. It is. Remember the Hurley Doctrine. It's Memorial Day weekend. We blink and it's July 4th weekend. Now think about this. Seriously. It is July 4th weekend this weekend. And it's an interesting way that it's falling this year. So really, I think it, it extends it extends it beautifully. For me, you want perfectly July 4th being on a Thursday. You could make the same case for it being on a Tuesday. But as long as it's not, you don't want it on Saturday or Sunday. Because you basically lose a day. When it's on a Monday, like it is this year, or on a Friday, even on a Thursday, Thursday is beautiful because you make that getaway day and then you have the Thursday is like a Friday. The Friday is like a Saturday. The Saturday is like a Saturday. The Sunday is like another Saturday is what I meant to say. And it really, in the hospitality industry, casino, hotel industry, for example, it really stretches things beautifully. But this year, July 4th is a Monday. So you know what's going to be happening. Some people will probably leave as early as maybe Thursday-ish, definitely by Hurley Friday. And then you'll have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then getaway day will probably be Tuesday. So this, this stands, this can be a spectacular, by the calendar, a spectacular July 4th weekend. Now, let me take a peek. That's weird. It's 627, which is Margie's birthday. And it's 627, July 
I'm sorry, June 27th. Uh, let's see. My man. I love it. Town Square Media President Michael Rubel checking in. Uh, and he said that his T-shirt is a great shirt for a morning ride. He's got his early in the morning charity golf open T-shirt on. We went, I said, I remember saying this to you last, uh, I guess it was Thursday-ish. And um, we went to the Wicking T-shirt about five years ago, maybe. Oh, what a game changer. Nothing wrong with the 100% cotton T-shirt type deal, but the Wicking T-shirts of today, they're so comfortable. And they repel and keep you cooler. Oh, they're so good. He looks good in this. I got to take I got to keep this picture. He looks good in this. Love it. This year we went somebody teased me, but we went with with orange. And you know, I I don't remember what the person said. They didn't say traffic cone or anything like that, but it was it was pretty funny. But there there was a reason. We want it we want to change. For a lot of years we used the 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 green the hunter green, the dark green. It's a beautiful color. I love it. But you don't want the same thing again and again and again and again. So a certain number of years ago, we started rotating the colors. We had red. We had blue. We had purple. And I think at least one other. And another driving force behind it is, and, and it, the supply chain, uh, we worked it out. But we initially had a different color, and then all of a sudden there wasn't enough because we get T-shirts, golf towels, the T-pack that has T's and the ball marker, divot tool, and that that little kit. Um, We get hats and or visors. This year we decided to go with visors. And And the bag itself. So we try to match it all. And really the only color we could get this year. And since we never had the color before, and I have to say, I see Michael right now wearing the shirt. It's a good-looking color. I think it looks great. I'm going to wear one. And so we went with the orange this year. Already thinking about what are we going to do with next year's. It'll be a color I think that we've never had. We'll do something. We'll try to do something Uh Keep it, you know, just a little variety, which is fun. But anyhow, uh, it was Memorial Day weekend, it seems like five minutes ago. And now this Friday is July 4th weekend. I know it's only the first, but you have to look at it. July 4th weekend isn't going to stretch into the next week. Monday is July 4th. So it's not like July 4th weekend is the following week. So this is it. I mean, so it it came so fast. So what I've remembered to remember to say every single year is to enjoy it, to just understand that it's going to fly by. Because Memorial Day, to me, doesn't seem very long ago. And you're talking in May. And now this week, Friday, it will be July. And then get ready, because before you know it, we will be saying it's Labor Day weekend. And really, this is a year to really do everything you can 
to enjoy this summer. Because I really believe, even though there's such a consequential election that's coming up in the fall, I think we have some tough times coming up. They're just, there's not good decisions being made. You know in your own life, if you're spiraling a certain way, if you don't stop it, you're going to crash. And we're not doing anything. Our government is the worst we've ever had in our lifetime, possibly in any lifetime. It's just awful. There are no good decisions being made that will fix any of the problems. Begging Saudi Arabia for more foreign oil, that's not, sorry, that's not a good solution. Nothing's being done to make us more energy independent. Because they have this incredibly radical, woke, stupid agenda that means more to them than the health of our country. So if you're not fixing any of the problems, these problems don't fix themselves. The American people are capable of only so much. There has to be policies in effect that will deliver a repair to the damage that they've caused. There's no mistaking that. We'll be back. More on that and also uh, some comments about the consequential Supreme Court decision. And, And so sad, the usual suspects, so sad how they are approaching it. We'll be back. Don't go away. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. 33 minutes past the hour. It's Harry Hurley in the morning with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Another expensive Atlantic City hiring. We've got the story. Check it out on the app, on the website. The best lobster that we've ever had is from Atlantic City. I back it up with photographic evidence as well. We have that story. And over the weekend, we also wrote about the best Brajol in all of Atlantic City. I think it's undisputed. Careers. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. Today is going to turn into a stormy day for South Jersey, but not yet. For now, it's warm and way more humid than this weekend. Look for scattered showers and thunderstorms to roll in this afternoon. Some locally heavy rainfall could lead to flooding issues. Today's high temperature around 83. Drying out and clearing out tonight, low 62. Refreshing tomorrow, partly sunny and dry, high of 78 degrees. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. 39 minutes past the hour. So I checked out the July 4th weekend weather. Not great. Not a washout completely, but not great. The best day, well, the best two days, if if people are going to stretch maybe a little bit into Tuesday. If Tuesday's not just a travel day, Tuesday is just glorious. 81 degrees, sunny. Friday, this Friday, July 1st, sunny, high 89. Hot, but sunny. Saturday, partly cloudy 
with afternoon showers or thunderstorms. And it looks like anywhere from about 30, upper 30 percentile to 50 percent. So that doesn't mean it has to rain. There's not even seen a day where it's like crazy chance, like today, for example. Uh, I, I presume it's going to rain today uh, for a couple of reasons. One, because we did top off the swimming pool. Uh, and so now maybe it will be too high now. I thought of letting it go, but um, I think if I knew, nah, I needed it. I had to do it. So anyhow, today is thunderstorms this afternoon, 90% chance. So I think it's going to rain. Then it'll clear late tonight. Should not be raining when you're you know, getting going tomorrow. So sunny, 89 for Friday. Partly cloudy with afternoon showers or thunderstorms, possible, 88. That's for Saturday, July 2nd. Sunday, July 3rd, variable clouds with showers and scattered thunderstorms. Again, I think in like the 40-some percentile chance, high 81. July 4th, America's Independence Day. There's a 37% chance of rain showers early and then sun later. So that's July 4th will not be a washout. And I think the good news is for fireworks and things like that, it should be very, very good. So this could be a lot worse. It could be better, but it could be a lot worse. And then Tuesday, July 5th, getaway day, unless people are stretching the holiday and making the getaway day on Wednesday the 6th, which I think a lot of people will do. But many will be back on the road on Tuesday. Sunny, high 81, no rain at all in the forecast. Okay, so as I was saying about 40 minutes ago, we didn't talk about it because we're at our charity golf tournament and it's just not, it's not something we're going to do on that day. But we got word as soon as the Supreme Court decision came out and then I knew immediately what that would mean. Democrats will use it to raise money They will use it as a political wedge issue. I mean, this is who they are. And if you are one, it's who you are, unless you're not like that, then I'm not talking to you. No, don't be insulted. If I'm not talking to you, I'm not talking to you. But you know who who you are. And the second this comes out, immediately, the Democrats go bananas, absolutely bananas, even though they knew it was coming and they leaked it out that it was coming. And I would like to pose the question, and I'm going to talk about this more after the break. Congresswoman Maxine Waters told a whole mob of angry protesters, quote, the hell with the Supreme Court, we will defy them. So let me ask you, ladies and gentlemen, is that an insurrection? Where's the coverage about that? The Supreme Court is an equal branch of government. These Democrats have been getting justices harassed. They've been encouraging people to go to their homes, commit federal crimes. Why is this not an insurrection? They were trying to affect the judge's rulings. This also is a crime. You know, if you walk up to a judge and you threaten the judge that unless you rule the way that I want you to, that I'm going to do this, this, this or this to you, 
That's crime. Serious crime. Why do they get away with what they get to say is an insurrection? I'm not being a wise guy. I'm not conflating. I'm saying that the behavior of the Democrats leaking this decision, leaking the addresses of the Supreme Court associate justices, and encouraging people to harass them. The reason that that schmucky Chucky Schumer said, you've released the whirlwinds, Gorsuch. I don't even like the way the man speaks. And Kavanaugh, and you're not going to know what hit you. What does that mean? Sounds like a threat to me. He should have been criminally charged. He was jazzing up a crowd with that kind of violent rhetoric towards an equal branch of government, co-equal branch. Why doesn't that count? That's an insurrection. Waters is, is a walking, talking hypocrite insurrectionist. But you never hear that. You just see these things. Democrats hope to harness outrage and sadness after abortion ruling, and and they hope. See, they have no issue. They have governed so terribly that they don't have a single issue to run on. So they always have to create some type of wedge issue, some type of scare tactic some sideshow because they have nothing because they've been terrible and that's what needs to be said to them you suck you've done a terrible job and you're going to get fired this november 8th that's the way it is you can talk abortion you can talk all these things you want it doesn't change the terrible job that you've done and the price electorally that you're going to have to pay because you've released the whirlwinds You called parents domestic terrorists. You trashed our cops. You ruined cities. You've ruined our country. You think you're going to get another contract? You're not Aaron Judge with 28 home runs and 55 RBIs and batting nearly 300 in a contract year. No, you're not going to get paid. You're going to get fired. You're going to be like Madden, the uh, manager of the Angels, when they lost like 13 or 14 games in a row, and he got fired. You're getting fired this November 8th. And I have to say, it's a beautiful thing. Can't wait for it. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Ten minutes before the top of the hour, wide open forum coming up for the full 7 o'clock hour. 8 o'clock hour, we'll figure it out when we get there. 9 o'clock hour, Mayor Charles Kane, the Auto Plaza at English Creek. Can't wait for that. Mayor Kane sent me something that some people thought was going to be in the year like 2062 or something. And it's actually available right now the flying car which is something that we've been predicting on this show for 20 years and i think it's called jetson and it's even what we used to say the jetsons so it's crazy how um we 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 knew it it's 
it's happening as we speak. Maybe Mayor Kane will bring that up. If not, I'll, I'll jog his memory about it. So see how you like this one. This this sounds to me like it was some really good Democrat at work. Some jackass made a makeshift flamethrower and attacked a police officer Friday night at some kind of abortion rights protest in downtown Los Angeles, another city that's been ruined uh, by the Democrats. You think about that. Chicago, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle. You could keep going. These amazing New York. Oh, my gosh. Wash my mouth out with soap. How could I forget New York? These amazing cities that are now violent, horrifically run, unlivable. Now, you have to understand. This is what it is. The Democrat run cities. This is how they are. What do you think it is about that? Hate to tell you this if you don't want to hear it, but one side governs a whole lot better than the other. You could have problems and and split hairs and have differences of opinions uh, in Republican-run cities, counties, and states, but you can't say they're not livable. And then you get these Democrats that that ruin where they are, and then they move to conservative areas. And then what do they do every first Tuesday? They vote for the same wackos that ruined where they were and they had to flee. And do you see what's sick? For so long, we've been telling you about cognitive dissonance where people just gleefully, I mean, they whistle to the graveyard. They gleefully vote against their own self-interests. Because there is something about ideology with some people. I'm telling you, I just thank God every day that I'm not like that. I can take the best out of any person, any circumstance, and say, hey, look, I disagree with that person, but I still like them. Or, or I just dislike them, but it has nothing to do with, with politics. We've gotten to the point now where literally people don't like you if they know your politics. It used to be you never knew anyone's politics. Nobody talked about it. You just lived. And people got along. And it didn't matter. Now it's all that matters. How many newspapers have we watched? How many magazines have we watched? How many liberal outlets? Air America, different other liberal electronic and, and, and print mediums that done because they refuse they refuse to get off of their biased liberal agenda which really when reagan used to say the word liberal and he made it almost a filthy word out of it a liberal then my god would be a conservative today on the left side this is this is at a level of crazy that I, I don't even think they I think they even say, oh, my God, how did how did this become what we have to defend? And, and this is this is who we are. This is who this party is. We're defending the criminals. Think about that. 
They were bailing the criminals who were burning our cities to the ground and looting the stores. They've caused so many stores to have to close that literally cannot stay open because they cannot afford the theft that's taking place. Come on, how do you stay open when you're getting stolen, you know, 10 times more than you bring in? How, how long is that equation going to work? And this is who the left supports. They support the criminals. And they were bailing them out. Think about that. That's awful. To quote Jack Cittarelli, who does that? Who says that? It's really amazing when you think about it. And I'm telling you, you're going to have a lot. There's just a lot of bad stuff. Trust me when I tell you, this is what I do. And I'm very good at seeing what is about to happen before it happens. It's not, it's not Kreskin. It's not predicting things. It's looking at the, the, the tea leaves. It's looking at what is now and what you know it's going to be. The Democrats have no choice but to scorch the earth between now and November 8th. They have no choice. There's nothing they can run on. They've destroyed our country. They've broken our supply chain. They've destroyed the energy industry. They've made it so unpleasant and debilitative so that people cannot even afford to fill up a full tank of gasoline. You can't get so many different things that you need when you want them. You've got to plan so creatively and and plan. Um, and I encourage you, plan like you've never planned before so that you have what you need. I'm not saying hoard. I'm not saying be a hoarder. I'm saying plan. For example, Stockton University with the um, the newest phase of their expansion project, they're getting stuff six, 12 months out early just to make sure they have the materials when they need them, whether it's floor tiles or different light fixtures or whatever the, the, um, the item may be, because nothing is dependable anymore. You used to know, oh, I could just order this at this, at this point. It's plenty of time. We'll get exactly what we need. There'll be no problem. I mean, the, the average car today takes 300 of these chips the average electric car takes about 3,000 of these chips. And what I was saying earlier that we have an administration that's not in the business of fixing anything because they always say, oh, no, you can't do that now. It takes a certain amount of time. Well, get started. If you do nothing, then the clock hasn't moved. So what if it takes us a year or two to ramp up so that we make these chips right here in America? Then, damn it, do it. You don't do anything now because it's not going to be ready tomorrow. It's going to take some time. No solutions for anything. So get ready. What I was saying a moment ago is, and we'll go to your calls next at 609-407-1450. We'd love to hear from you. Do you agree or disagree with the Supreme Court decision that after 50 plus years has reversed Roe v. Wade? You see, that decision, anybody, even Ruth Bader Ginsburg, said it. 
that was always a bad decision. It's not even about whether you're for or against abortion. That was a poor, crafted decision from the beginning. There's nothing in the Constitution about abortion, and that is a matter that always should have been in the hands of the states. And then you're going to have about half the country that will have legal abortion, and you'll have about half the country that will not have legal abortion, and then you'll be guided accordingly. The decision is a correct one in my view. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you very much. Just before six minutes past the hour, uh, waiting for someone in the news to mention that a man with a flamethrower attacked a police officer. I mean, KTLA has reported it, that a man made his own flamethrower and burned a police officer who was in the hospital with injuries, with burn injuries. Oh, let's see what this... um, Now, that would be attempted murder, right? I mean, anywhere except in Bizarro World. Let's see what the Los Angeles DA does with this one. I I will tell you only because more and more uh, light is being brought to these horrifically bad George Soros types that that hold these positions. Finally, they're, they're, they're sort of getting stopped in their tracks a bit. Still letting people go and some outrageous things, but but it is slowing a bit, and especially after the um, the uh, citizens' effort to throw out one of them, and that's probably going to be followed up by at least a couple more. You, you just have to. This has to be made so unacceptable that people like this cannot be in positions of power like that. But it, it is amazing, though. They'll talk about people uh, writing red paint, making it look like blood or this or that. How about a guy had a flamethrower? Can that, can that make the news? That would, that would sort of seem to be rather significant to me. That somebody burned a cop, sending the officer to the hospital with burn injuries. You would think that would count. 609-407-1450, open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. Morning. Uh, first, uh, I stand behind the uh, Supreme Court, and let me tell you what's, what the hell that they're being put through is, as we all uh, said and reset is uncalled for. I mean, they got put through a lot more than anybody at the Capitol got put through. I know they say, oh, the insurrectionists got within 40 feet of, of Vice President uh, Pence. Nah, that's not the same as a guy with duct tape, uh, multiple weapons, uh, all kinds of other gear and his intentions to kill Kavanaugh 
But notice how that that gets played off like it's nothing. Oh, definitely. But if I can also flip uh, over to Philly, yeah, we all know that they we all know that they're hosting the uh, finals for the World Cup soccer, and uh, I'll be cheering Team Croatia. You know, I'll be on. But anyway, because I have family over there, and yep. they're roughly about 912 miles from Ukraine. Wow. So they're on my mind all the time. But I cannot figure out a, a city with Philadelphia's crime record, homicides, robbery, theft. I mean, Mr. Kenny really had to kiss some backside major league or uh, give the, uh, uh, this is only my opinion, maybe send a few uh, unmarked envelopes to the World Cup committee to have, the, have it hosted in Philadelphia. Well, remember when he was on video with his secretary jumping up and down, we're a sanctuary city, a sanctuary city, singing some stupid song, looking like an absolute ass clown, uh, and they thought that was good. And the sad thing is, we're going to have this country's going to host athletes from various countries. And well, they better have a lot of police protection. Oh, yes. It's almost going to be frightening if, God forbid, God forbid, something happens to these athletes or any. Or even spectators or anybody. I mean, Philadelphia is a, is a similar, smaller but similar example to New York, a great city that the Democrats have destroyed. Oh, definitely. You know, and I was considering at one time to see uh, Croatia play, but I'm sorry. I'll cheer from the sidelines. But I'm sorry, uh, my life is more important. I'm with you, Peter, which reminds me when you bring up Croatia and sports, Bud Collins, who I just used to love, he was like a poet, broadcaster, brilliant. And he would talk about the Croatian croaker, Goran Ivanisevic. Remember him, Peter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, uh, Bud Collins called him the Croatian croaker. Ah. Loved it. Peter, have a great day. See you, my friend. You're 62 now, so how's it feel? 609-407-1450. Peter and I enjoy the same birth year, same birth month. I'm uh, slightly older. Welcome to the Hurley in the Morning program. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. Good morning. Um, Wasn't it uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who said, Something about Ted Cruz trying to have her like yeah. murdered or something uh, on on January sixth. Yeah, she also used to say stuff like uh, if somebody criticizes her, they want to date her. She's a whack. Yeah, but I'm, I'm she's a whack. But talking talking about uh, what happened uh, with with uh, uh, Amy Coney Barrett being threatened, Kavanaugh, uh, the guy tried to assassinate him. I mean, these people were actually in real danger in real time, but. And I, I think about what right, and, and keep in mind the Democrats won't even vote for giving them the security they need to protect them. They're sick. No, no. 
but they, but they want hearings on January 6th. But there'll be no hearings about the insurrectionists that tried to overturn a decision by Supreme Court justices. That's a that's a very serious crime. Well, and and Mad Maxine on Esther Waters flapping her gums again. And think about this. Uh, what if I had said two years ago to hell with Fauci, to hell with Murphy, to hell with governors, senators, congressmen and their mandates? I'm going to defy you. What would have happened to me? Well, it wouldn't be pleasant. I couldn't say for sure. I mean, of course, you'd be deplatformed anywhere on the planet. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what would be ha- what would happen for that level of disobedience. But Maxine Waters is actually advocating she's an insurrectionist. She is saying that we will defy. How do you defy a co-equal branch of government that has made a final determination on something? How do, how do you how as someone that's taken an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States? How do you say that and get to stay in office? Well, this is the point I've been making all weekend. See, the average person doesn't know his civics or his history, that all three branches are equally powerful, separate, but equal. Where have we heard that before? Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm thinking about, you know how this, this narrative about old, white, racist men telling people what to do, what they can do? Think about what the Supreme Court did the other day. They overturned the decision of nine old white racist men. Now, I know I, we had one black Supreme Court justice then, but I'm, I'm just speaking generally. These, these women who talk about how men should not be allowed to make these decisions for women, blah, blah, blah. Well, the Supreme Court just did what they've been asking for 50 years, the feminist movement. They took this power away from nine old men to decide what happens with women's bodies, and they turn that power back over to the women themselves. They can vote in their states for the politicians that support their side, whether it's pro-choice or pro-life. And I made the point that Leah Thomas took away more women's rights than the Supreme Court ever did. Think about what Leah Thomas has done with this whole thing that men are now women. Of course, now they've discovered the meaning of the word women suddenly, and they've discovered that there is such a thing as a woman. But but Ocasio the other day did say, after she said a woman's right to choose, she then brought up, I mean, without even really a breath, she brought up birthing persons. Yeah. Now, Now, for the record, in the entire history of recorded time, has there ever been a birthing person that was not a woman? Yeah. Right? Hasn't only women can deliver babies, correct? This is true, Harry. I mean, it, I, I don't know what you're even supposed to say anymore. Uh, is there something wrong with that statement? I don't think so. And I know this. Why do they say woman or birthing person? What? Tell me who the birthing person is. Well, two more quick things. Did you hear about the guy in Britain who tried to donate blood? And when he, before he was going to donate, they ask you these questions, and they asked him if he was pregnant. And he refused to the question because it's ludicrous. 
And so he didn't give blood. He refused to ask the question. They didn't take his blood. Are you pregnant? But you know this 1973 ruling, Harry? Mark Levin the other night, he, th- it was brilliant. There's a reason they call him the great one. Because we know, that, we know that abortion was never mentioned in the Constitution. And we know that the Tenth Amendment says that if it's not stated, any powers not given to the government in the Constitution go back to the states and the people. Yes. So what, what Mark Levin said was that the, the court then, I guess they were, felt the pressure. They had to find a way to rule abortion constitutional. So he called the 1973 decision a result in search of a constitutional foundation. And it, that was, I was high-fiving the radio when he said that. That's exactly what happened. And it's what John Roberts did with Obamacare. They had, they, they, he already had the result. They had to find a way to make it. Right, right. So he made it a tax, even though the Obama Solicitor General strenuously argued during the entire proceedings that it was not a tax. It's exactly right, because think about Obamacare. Why would why would they why would a, a president be arguing that his signature legislation would be a tax? Why would he even even try to sell it that way? And that's, and therefore he did not. And Roberts did the dirty work for him. And then Obama got to declare victory. Yes, but I'm telling you this 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 uh, abortion thing. I don't understand why. The women are so unhappy. Pro-choice. Now you have a choice. That The people who constantly lecture us about democracy. Democracy is not when nine unelected people in robes choose for you. Democracy is when you choose for yourself at the, at the, at the ballot box. So now you, you have true democracy. You didn't for 50 years. But they're still unhappy. Right. The decision 50 years ago was wrong. They they take a wrong decision and then act like righting a wrong because it's been 50 years is now a wrong. Uh, the Supreme Court merely is referring it to the states exactly how it always should have been. So if you are living in a state where abortion is legal, you have no issue. If you're living in a state where abortion is illegal, you have a decision to make. Either stay in that state and if you have to deal with the issue one day, you either have to travel to, to another state or move or whatever the case might be. But they didn't take anything away. Uh, they, they merely corrected a wrong and they referred it to where it should have been all along. And there aren't that many things. The federal government's taken far too much power. Most of these things, all, all, most all of these things should be at the state level. And then if you don't like the way your state is run, then work to get people elected who you believe will govern the way you want or you move. And what we see going on right now, there's a whole lot of movement going on in this country. You have a lot of people leaving California and many of these other liberal states that they have destroyed. And now they're going to, to beautifully run states. And you watch if, if, if passes prologue, they'll mess all them up. And infect the entire country before too long. Got to run. 609-407-1450. You will be next. You'll be right after that. Please don't go away. 
It is the Hurley in the Morning program. Here's our friend, Sean Hannity. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. They can't run on the economy. They can't run on a 41-year high of inflation. They can't run on record high gas prices. Uh, What they're not factoring in is Americans between now and Election Day, in spite of all the demagoguery that you're going to hear tonight and in the weeks to come, Americans will figure out abortion in America is still legal. And if they want one, they're going to be able to find one. Maybe they have to travel, but they'll still be able to get one. And there'll be liberal groups out there that provide funding for people that may not be able to travel to a different state. Mark my words, that will be a fact. It's not it's not a guess on my part. Check out the Sean Hannity radio show later today, right here. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Elizabeth Warren, they're all attacking America's tech innovators. The left's bill, S-2992, would take away the digital tools small businesses rely on, empower China to beat America in the race for new technologies, and increase the risk of cyber attacks. When liberals attack America's tech innovators, they're really attacking everyday Americans and Main Street businesses. American jobs, America's security, and the online privacy of the American people are all on the line. Why would Senate conservatives support this liberal agenda that threatens American innovation? We need to stop Pelosi, Schumer, Warren, and the rest of the D.C. liberals from taking away our technology and making China stronger at America's expense. Call the U.S. Senate today at 202-224-3121. Tell Senate Republicans to oppose S-2992. ProtectingTaxpayers.org, paid for and authorized by Taxpayers Protection Alliance. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, great one. 24 minutes past the hour and open phone line at 609-407-1450. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. The wisdom of Ronald Reagan, who, when there was a massive pro-choice rally and today they just drop all pretense and they call it an abortion rally. Ronald Reagan said simply this when asked about the protesters. He said they have the luxury of being born. Each and every one of them have one thing in common. They were born. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. If another decision was made, they wouldn't be here to, to be advocating taking someone else's life. And Harry, when you talked about Maxine Waters, and then we'll throw in Chuck Schumer, especially Chuck Schumer, when you hear it again and you listen to the words, what he called for. Oh, he unleashed, you've unleashed the whirlwinds. You will, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. I mean, he called them out by name. He he set a target on them. And then guess what? Do you think it's a coincidence that that whack job man with all of his tools of uh, – abduction and and uh and homicide that he brought with him uh he had everything i mean this is unbelievable uh schumer should be in a lot of trouble for what he said and what he did there because somebody took him up on what he was saying you've unleashed the whirlwinds you won't know what hits you gorsuch and kavanaugh i mean he's he set them up to be killed 
You'll get yours. You'll get yours. You won't know what hit you. And I got to tell you, he should be criminally charged for what he did. And they should be able to say, now, look, somebody actually did attempted to do what you you brought up here. You know, he didn't do some abstract thing that they usually do. He called them out by name and he put a target on them. Very serious what he did. I think Maxine Waters saying uh, to hell with um, the Supreme Court and we will defy them. Uh, that's insurrection uh, in, in its by definition. Well, let's go back to what she said and what happened. You remember, we'll push back. They're no longer welcome here. Yeah, you're no longer welcome here. When you see them in a restaurant, you get in their face. You don't let them sleep. Oh, yeah, I, I don't forget any of this, my friend. Well, and the best part about that, of course, you know, actually the worst part is what she called for is what was done. And then if you're going to... Just imagine, though, if a Republican, prominent Republican or a joke, you know, uh, no-name Republican came out and said liberal justices by name and advertised their home addresses and called for violence upon them. Can you imagine how crazy the media would be going? It would be a very simple thing. They would be removed from Congress to sweet. Well, and also, too, uh, you would have Merrick Garland charging anyone who did that, and there would be tremendous hell to pay. But if you if you threaten to bomb a, a pro-life clinic and all these uh, acts of violence and all this vandalism and everything that's been happening, Merrick Garland hasn't lifted a finger to even acknowledge that that is crime. And when the uh, Democrats held hostage and siege to the Wisconsin legislature, we saw pictures of it every day, them completely occupying every inch of the Wisconsin legislature. No, no arrest. This banging on the windows in Arizona. I don't hear about any arrest. And January 8th, they languish in jail. Yeah. After being some being some being charged with trespass when they were waved in. Oh, yeah. You, I mean, you, you've got people in jail now for, you know, going on two years now, more than a year and a half. I mean, this is it's un-American what's going on. And they don't have charges. And evidently, they're in very bad conditions. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. I mean, sir, some people care. Louis Gomer cares. The, the Marjorie Taylor Greene, they visit the place. They try to do something for them. But uh, it's a roadblock. You got a person like Merritt Garland who, who's shaking down those uh, people in, in Virginia who go to meetings putting them on list. Yeah, domestic terrorists. It's it's domestic terrorists because they love their kids. And they found it. Again, it's one of the byproducts of uh, the pandemic. Parents found out what the hell was going on in these classrooms. How important is November, Harry? Oh, my God. It's the most important election in our lifetime. It's it's couldn't could not be more consequential. You can't make up. uh, You can't make it any more consequential than it is. We have to change uh, the government and we're going to hopefully be able to change both Houses of Congress, and then get on to the presidency and get that back within two years. It's going to be a big challenge, though. 
because then Republicans will be in charge for two years and get blamed for a whole lot of stuff that's going on. It's, this is not going to be easy. There's a lot of work to do. Yeah, I know you, you love this country so much, and uh, I do too, and that's just the uh, what they're doing to it. They're beating us piece by piece, and they're lying about it. The inflation, the Putin's inflation, then the uh, delicious irony is Jer- Jeremy Powell was asked the direct question, and he says no. He says most of this happened before Putin yeah, attacked Ukraine. He exactly said that inflation was very high before Putin attacked Ukraine. He completely trashed Biden's lie. It was beautiful. It's one of the greatest things that's happened recently. Mayor, you have a good morning. You I too. hope you uh, hope you're I hope you're on top of your game, and I know you enjoyed the uh, Aaron Judge walk off yesterday. Oh my God, I was so excited that that would have been losing three out of four. Big difference between splitting and losing three out of four. That was huge. Thank you. Have a great day. Yeah, I did. I loved it. I saw every pitch. 609-407-1450. Don't go away and don't you go away, please. Your call is next as soon as we come back. It is the Hurley in the Morning program. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. It is, and it is Hurley in the Morning right here at 31 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Another expensive Atlantic City hiring. We have the story. Check it out. The best lobster we've ever had is from Atlantic City. We back it up. Take a look at that. And over the weekend, we also shared with you the best brujol in Atlantic City. On the app or at WPGTalkRadio.com. Your calls continue next. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. It's a cold front day, and here in the summer months, that means thunderstorms, followed by a delightful cool down and dry out through the rest of June. So it's mostly cloudy, warm, and humid to start today. High 83. Scattered thunderstorms roll through this afternoon. Watch for some downpours that may lead to flooding and ponding issues. Drying out and clearing out tonight, low 62. Much more comfortable tomorrow, partly sunny and 78. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Do you have questions? Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 36 minutes past the hour. Caller, you are on deck. Hang in there. Please don't go away. You are on the air. Welcome to the Hurley in the Morning program. Hi there. Good morning, Harry. How are you? Very well. Thank you for asking. Good morning to you. Good. My name is Andrea Williams. I'm from Atlantic City, New Jersey. Yes. And I've been listening to your show, a great show, fantastic show. Thank you. And I, I, I'm not a politician. Um, I'm just a, a, a person who lives in this world because this is where I was put. Yeah. And I have uh, a couple of comments, actually, to make. First, on the um, the federal um, overturn, mm-hmm. Roe versus Wade, abortion. Yeah, I've always um, wondered for women, why is it that uh, the federal government had uh, an option to make that choice for us? I mean, we should be able to make that decision based on our medical 
need. We know our bodies better than anyone because God created us to be women. And to flip the table on that, my question would be if it was based on a birth control standpoint, how would men feel if the federal government had the power to make a decision for them to possibly have to have a vasectomy or not to have a vasectomy? I agree with that completely. They they have no role. That's the whole point. The federal government never had a role in this from the beginning. There was an extremely liberal court uh, at the time, 50 some odd years ago, and they made this decision. This decision was made and anybody that was objective about it and took any of the personal uh, philosophical even, you know, issues about it out of play Everybody agreed, even Ruth Bader Ginsburg, probably one of the most liberal justices in American history, said this was very bad law. Uh, She always knew. Uh, It came very close to being overturned decades ago uh, when Justice Rehnquist was the chief justice. Uh, They actually had it done. It was over. And at the very last second, Judge Justice Anthony Kennedy, who retired recently, he changed his mind. And so it went away. They didn't do it. It, This would have been gone 20, 25 years ago. Uh, You are exactly correct. Then when you bring it to the states, then it becomes a matter of state law. And whoever the people in those particular states put in office that have power, uh, what their will is, and then they are then held accountable the next time they run if they've done something that the majority of their residents don't agree with. And I'm with you on this. A lot of these, all these decisions that are medically involved should be between the person and their doctor. But if there are laws on the books about certain things, then we can't ignore that that comes into play also. Right. But we have to fight, fight, fight those things. Now, my next question is, um, I I listened to you when you said uh, back in the day, your political party, people didn't talk about their political party. Yes. You know, if you were a Republican, you kept that to yourself. And my mother, God rest her soul, she taught me that when I began to vote at 17. I'm 63 now. And I think that your political party should continue to be private because we are people first. Yeah, well, that's how it used to be. And you said about Republican, Democrats didn't say either. I mean, you you went to baseball games or to community events, school events. Nobody knew how anybody voted. Maybe there were close friends that, that communicated to each other, hey, I'm voting for Kennedy, I'm voting for Reagan, I'm voting for Nixon, whatever. Uh, but Nobody nobody made any big deal of it and nobody got ostracized because of who they supported. And look, you're we're about the same age. You're you're either months or a year older than I am. You remember in our lifetime, for example, African-Americans in Atlantic City were Republican in the age of, say, James Ushery, Pierre Hollingsworth, that era. And then there was the civil rights um, era and. African-Americans switched. Dr. Martin Luther King, nobody talks about this. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was a Republican. And then people today would laugh and think, oh, my God, is this person drinking like 
you know, super juice or something here. What's crazy is this guy talking, but it all changed. Political party, yeah, the political party shouldn't matter. It's what you believe in and Correct. stand for what you believe in, whether a Republican or a Democrat bring it up. If they're the right person and the good person for the, the, the fight that we're fighting, let's stand behind them. And, and, and that's how I believe as far as politics are concerned. Yeah. And then lastly... Yep. The um, the Atlantic City, the ACIC, the Atlantic City uh, Independence Committee put out the petition. And I think some people are misunderstanding what our desire is. It's not for a change of election in Atlantic City. It's just a process from partisan to nonpartisan for the local government. Bittner has a nonpartisan election. Margate has nonpartisan election, and Longport has nonpartisan collection. And looking over the, elec- the election um, data, Atlantic City is the only city that does not have a nonpartisan election. We're not trying to take anyone out of their four-year seat, the council or the mayor. We're just wanting everybody to have a fair chance at having a say in what goes on in Atlantic City. Well, you you are young enough to remember, and I wrote an article about this about two months ago. When it was a nonpartisan form of government, it was much better. The partisan aspect, the partisanship, all that goes down with that, that just all becomes very, very divisive and unproductive. That's why we look to, that's why yeah. the city looks the way it does now. Um, I agree. I'm Harry. I agree. I was born and raised here from the inlet down, and I loved this city. I have seven grandchildren that my heart breaks because they don't get a chance to enjoy what we enjoyed when we were growing that's up right. here in Atlantic City. That's right. My question also the, the announcement for the mission, I, my passion is to help people, period. I'm curious as to out of all the townships, the cities in this area, how did Atlantic City become the land where the rescue mission uh, landed? People complain about the why, why? Let me throw another one at you. Why does Atlantic City get dumped all the needle exchange? Why wasn't that spread out in all 23 municipalities in Atlanta County? Atlantic City can on many occasions, unfortunately, become a dumping ground. We know this and we covered it very closely. And if you've listened to this program, you know that I've passionately spoken about it before. We have one-way bus tickets with people being sent from other parts of the state dumped here. Where? In Atlantic City, because we have such phenomenal social services that are very, very well managed by the Atlanta County government. They do a tremendous job, Leonard Golden and his team. Uh, this is what we're up against. Uh, we, we, we get, in, in many respects, the, 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 uh, we, we draw the short straw, if you will, the short stick. Yeah. So I hope that people who see that petition understand that it's not changing the form of government. We're just interested in changing the process so that all of this didn't happen overnight. It's going to take work. And whether you're Democratic or Republican. Right. And by, by the way, let's be honest about it. The only reason it's partisan right now, it was nonpartisan. And I, I will accept my role in this. The reason that it is partisan right now is because there was a desire 
to get, God rest his soul, because I don't speak ill of the dead, but there was a desire, a supreme desire to get rid of Mayor James Whalen, who was there for too long. And there was just a lot of disagreement with what he was doing. And everybody knew that if you made it a partisan form of government, he would be defeated in a June primary. And he was. And that was the reason that was done. And, and I, I will say this. Uh, I wish it never happened. Uh, and it is, a, it is a perfect example that don't change something because of one person. If you make a change, make it broadly, make it because it's right. Because that change to just get rid of one person, look at the hell that it has unleashed since then. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, you know, okay, we made that change. God rest his soul. He's gone. Yep. Let's stand up and, and take a chance on making the change back to benefit us so that we can we can at least have a little bit of decency and respect from the people who see our city as crap when y'all used to call it the play- playground. Yeah, the world's playground. You know, world's playground. New world's playground, yeah. Well, nobody wants to come here and play now. Well, I got to run, but you and I have to speak again. I absolutely loved your call. You're everything that's right about oh, Atlantic well, City. Well, I would I would love to speak with you again, Harry. This is my first, second time maybe speaking with you, but I, I just love the conversation, and um, I would love to speak with you again. And did you say your name is Andra? Andra Williams. Yeah, okay. born and raised here in Atlantic City. All right, now we know each other. You have a great day. I've thoroughly enjoyed. You as well. Yeah. And happy birthday to your wife. Uh, thank you, Andra. You're very intelligent. All right. Hey. Thank you. Appreciate oh. you. What a great call. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why I love what I do right there. What a tremendous caller you are, Andra. More of your calls coming up, as I promised. You'll be next right after this. This is the Hurley in the Morning program on the station that plays the winners. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. If you love South Jersey's talk station, then the WPG Talk Radio app is a must-have on your phone. Listen to all your favorite talk shows around the clock and instantly call them with just the tap of your finger. Download the Hurley in the Morning podcast. Send us your pictures and videos of breaking news and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app, a free download from South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks for waking up early in the morning. We're approaching 53 minutes past the hour. And coming up right after the top of the hour news break, a Dateline Atlantic City breaking news report. And then we will be joined right after the first break at about 20 minutes past the top of the next hour by John Devlin, a sitting member of the Atlantic City Board of Education. An important report, a a potentially expensive report coming up in just a little bit. 609-407-1450, open phone line if you've been trying to get through. The lines have been very busy this hour. We do have a few open lines right now. Welcome to the program. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. Um, I enjoyed that that phone call also and um i hope the gentle lady remembers when a um a group of homeless african-americans gathered uh to ask about housing um that they were told by maxine waters to go home 
Um, yeah, I found her to be lovely, elegant, smart. I just thoroughly enjoyed uh, the great conversation that we just had with uh, Andra. Andra and Andrea, right? Yes. Um, I just watched. I watched earlier. Um, Mayor Giuliani was uh, hit or smacked in the back, and in front of a shop right he was campaigning for yeah. his son, and the person has been charged. And uh, we'll just see how how far that goes. You know, Harry, we're so sorry. This is, I think, only the second time we've missed your tournament. What happened was that we miscalculated. Uh, Gray and his firehouse, Summers Point Company Number One. We had a coin drop, but we trust our money will go to all of our and your favorite charities. But I, I just have to say this. You know, we always say this, like where these people they gather and they've got these signs pre-printed and t-shirts and they've got nothing better to do and if you notice good people i might say good people like yourself and other uh let's say people who have coin drops are gathered to get money to help the unfortunates out there and so our, our time to us is is very precious. Yeah. It's kind of like when they report early in the morning that uh, it's going to the Democrats, and I think you've said, yeah, at 5 o'clock when the Republicans get done work, you know, then you know, it might change. <laughs> yes. But um, it is amazing. It, it is amazing, Harry. But I'm um, so sorry we missed it, but um, we, we thoroughly enjoy all the things that you do with all. Well, I mean, you know, you've been at almost every one, and we were very, very blessed. We had a, a couple, a husband and wife, that came down with COVID-19. The one foursome was able to replace the husband. The other foursome played as a threesome. And Gray, we knew something was was up. So we never, you know, we, we, we know you guys are just fabulous. So they played as a threesome. He, and he was on that uh, foursome with the noted Philadelphia sports legendary broadcaster, Joe Pellegrino. So he was, um, we always take care of Gray. You know that. Yeah. Can I just say something, yeah. you know? It is um, well. It is believable to me. You know, ninety nine point nine of the people—they're so generous, Harry. They thought of nothing, handing out hundreds, fifty dollar bills, twenty dollar bills, just to pass through our little town. So it, it still is a. It is a great country, yes. and we really have great countrymen. Thank you, Harry. Thank Take you. Care. I agree completely. Look, on our worst day, think about this. Look at the millions of people during this presidency that have gotten into this country. You don't see many countries around the world. I mean, other countries around the world build walls to keep their people in. You don't see people trying to get into those countries. And in fact, go try, no, I won't say it in, in the affirmative. Don't try it. But if you ever did, you would be arrested, jailed. You don't even know how it would turn out. That's another thing about this country. I mean, we're we we're treating illegals in many respects better than we treat many of our own. It's disgraceful. Truly is disgraceful. Time for one more call to close out what has been a great hour. Welcome to the Hurley in the Morning program. You're on the air. Morning, boss. How are you, sir? Uh, particularly well today. It's my lovely, beautiful wife's birthday. Uh, I'm on the right side of COVID-19. Uh, a lot to be thankful for. Well, happy birthday, Margie. I remember Margie. She's the bestie. Yep. Okay? She no, is the no, bestie. No question. But 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 I got a comment on this Roe v. Wade thing, right? Right. And it's, it's pretty heavy duty. Yeah. So yeah. I hope you don't. I don't. 
I hope you don't mind me talking about it on air real quick. No, that's what we do. Quick as I can. No, you got. we got a couple minutes. Go. All right. As like you, I lost my parents at a very young age, okay? Mm-hmm. And I have three other brothers. There's four boys, right? Right. So my parents were both gone. My mom went first. My dad went second. Same here. And and um, so my Aunt Tina, my favorite aunt, was on her deathbed. She was in hospice care up in Trenton, New Jersey. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I went to visit her and she told me your your father is not your real father. Your father's not your real father. I says, oh, I was floored. Wow. So I visited with her. I gave her a kiss. I left and I immediately went home and snatched my older brother up by the neck and pinned him against the wall. And I said. What do you know? My older brother's eight years older than me. I said, what do you know about my childhood that you're not telling me? And he told me the whole story, Harry, because I had him pinned against the wall. He had to. He, he said, mom and dad split up. They separated. And mom was with this other guy. And he's your real father. This I'm 22 years old now. All right. Wow. So... My whole point to this, so I, I, I call my younger brother. He's the only one that, my whole life was a lie, Harry, was a lie, okay? My whole entire family lied to me my entire life. My parents had the reason for doing it, okay? I, you know, I can't blame them, but my all my aunts and uncles and everything, and everybody kept it a secret my entire life. So I called my younger brother and I told him, and Harry, he was madder than I was, all right? But the whole point to this abortion thing is... Matt... It's a cliffhanger. I've got to run, and we've got a guest on deck and something that we're doing. So the next time we're an open forum, I promise you, we'll continue this. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are approaching six minutes past the hour. Thank you so much for waking up early in the morning. We appreciate you more than words can say. And uh, this special holiday edition of the Hurley in the Morning program, it's my wife Margie's birthday. Margie, if you're listening, uh, happy birthday. And uh, you're fantastic. That's simple as I can put it. Fabulous in every way. Uh, Matt, I'm sorry we ran out of time. That was um, very powerful, very personal. And I'm looking at the clock and I'm thinking, oh, no, this music's going to start playing. And th- this is so deep. It's so incredible. I, I've known you for a long time. I never knew that before. So uh, the next time we're in open forum, and even if we can grab maybe the last segment this hour, if you want to call back, I'm, I'm going to visit with John Devlin for whatever time uh, we need to. So if it's not today, I promise it'll be next time. Uh, and we're booked in the nine o'clock hour, so there's nothing I can do for the remainder of today. But I was extremely um, uh, affected by what you were sharing. So the next time we have open forum, 
I want you to have the opportunity to finish because I feel bad um, that we short-circuited you there, but we, we took it to the, to, to the buzzer. I mean, there was no more time. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the things we've tried to do for more than 30 years is to tell you what's going to happen before it happens uh, for a lot of reasons. One, maybe there's something you can do about it. Sometimes there's not, but it's also good to know. And there's another expensive hire that's taking place in Atlantic City and the Marty and LaQuetta small power couple era in Atlantic City, New Jersey has featured a hiring spree, the likes of which has not been seen in a long time. And I'm trying to think if ever there's ever been anything like this. Marty is the mayor. LaQuetta is the superintendent of public schools. This means they are the local chief executive officers of every aspect of how city and school purpose tax dollars are spent. That's a scary statement that I just shared with you. That's a that's like a that's a monster movie comment I just made. Over the past few weeks, Marty added millions in new spending on selectively hired employees. And if you go to the WPG Talk Radio app archives, uh, you will see I have it chronicled to the penny including the fringe benefits. This week, it's LaQuetta's turn to pad the taxpayer payrolls. The latest example is a special Board of Education meeting, which was called on very short notice, of course. Nothing about any of this is good order. It's all secret squirrel stuff, last-second notice stuff. And once again, they'll invoke the doctrine of necessity at a special meeting tonight at 5 p.m., Their goal was for you to hear about it after the fact. We're telling you before it happens. The purpose of the meeting is to hire a new assistant superintendent. Now, enrollment is declining, and yet they're increasing their hiring. So they explain, you can go to my article. I'm not going to bore you with all these words about invoking the doctrine of necessity. Uh, Here's here's the, the short story. And we had the name, and John Devlin, who's going to join us after the break, will be able to back me up on this. We've known about this hire that is about to happen for months. And John has in his uh, cell phone, unless he deletes text messages, I wrote the name. There's two assistant superintendents, not just one. This is just the first one. They got another one that they're going to do as well. But this is to approve Lakeisha Hyman as assistant superintendent of schools, effective July 1st, this Friday, at a salary of $179,000. Now, of course, the county superintendent has to approve that, and the state has to approve it, but it really just seems as though uh, Lieutenant Governor uh, Sheila Oliver is just allowing the smalls to have their way. Governor Murphy has given Sheila Oliver the Atlantic City portfolio, and they're doing a terrible job with it. Awful, awful job. So let's take a moment and explain this doctrine of necessity and how it works. It's it's very simple. It sounds like really highfalutin language and, whoa, doctrine of necessity. It's a doctrine. Oh, my gosh. The Atlantic City Board of Education is riddled with board members who have various conflicts of interests, 
and cannot legally cast votes on certain matters that come before the board. The doctrine of necessity, which has been invoked more this year than in Devlin's 20 years on the board. This permits these otherwise conflicted board members to cast a vote. You have five of the nine Atlantic City board members that have immediate family members working in the district. Board member Ruth Bayard has a daughter. Patricia Bailey has a son who's a truancy officer. Walter Johnson has a spouse employed as a teacher. Shay Steele has a spouse employed as a teacher. And his father, who's a legend, uh, is also employed. And I, I will not say a bad word about Bill Steele. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a legend. Board member... Albert Herbert, his sister-in-law is employed by the board as a teacher. That's five out of nine. Five out of nine can't vote on the budget, can't vote on things like this, and therefore they keep invoking this doctrine of necessity. I think it's the seventh time this year. Maybe John knows when he joins us in a few minutes. This much I do know. The city and the school system. So I'm talking about city purpose tax and school purpose tax. It's become a de facto small friends and family employment agency in Atlantic City. Atlantic City Board of Education member John Devlin strongly disagrees with what's going on. And we have some quotes from him, but he'll speak for himself coming up next. And I understand that this this small majority pun intended, could be down to just one. I mean, I'm telling you right now, so you can imagine, you know how hard Marty Small tried to get John Devlin out uh, last year. These are three-year terms, these board seats. Marty Small is going to be going crazy trying to get candidates that will vote the way that the, the, the small political gang wants. So you better pay very close attention to these upcoming school board elections as well, because this is becoming very interesting. I think it's a fragile one vote difference. When the full board is in attendance, it's that close. Now, they must believe the small majority must believe that they have the votes because they put this meeting together on short notice. And I don't give them credit for being smart, but I also don't give them credit for being dumb. So they must believe they have the votes to hire this person tonight at 179000 a year plus whatever it is. It used to be when I was an executive, 30%. It's got to be more than that now with the cost of health care benefits. It's like twenty-eight to 30-some thousand dollars. I think it might even be 32000 a year or something like that. Devlin has been arguing that enrollment is down. And he questions why the district is so top-heavy at the administrative level. We do as well. It's a good question, isn't it? We'll visit with sitting board member, longtime board president, John Devlin, right after this. I am Hurley in the Morning. 
Here's my friend Sean Hannity. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10. Now, back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 18 minutes past the hour, this portion of Hurley in the Morning. And I'll tell you, not a moment too soon, because we have a guest listener. He thought his system was in perfect condition. And guess what? It was very hot couple days in a row and guess what his system was not ready to hold up so fortunately he knew how to get me over the weekend and we gave him the contact information for ambient comfort heating and cooling professionals and this is harry hurley for my friends at ambient comfort with seven signs that you may need to replace your air conditioner it's not it's not magic it's very simple when you hear things you ever hear your refrigerator going like It's still cold, but you hear, you know, the condenser, something's going to falter. You know it. So when you hear sounds that are unusual, come on, you know, you can't kid a kidder. You know, something's up. Maybe you notice an odor. That's something to also pay attention to. It may be time to get a new air conditioning system. If it's blowing warmer air or you have high humidity, you may need to replace your air conditioning unit. If you have poor airflow, and you know the difference between how it usually feels and suddenly what's going on, is your system cycling on and off too quickly? And finally, although energy costs certainly have risen, if you see that your bills are and your usage are substantially higher than last year, it makes sense to give my friends a call at Ambient Comfort 609 568-0955. That's 609-568-0955 on the web at ambientcomfortnj.com. That's ambientcomfortnj.com. Ask about also state and manufacturer rebates and tell them that Hurley in the Morning sent you. Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by Atlantic City Board of Education member John Devlin, who I believe has heard or even read the piece that we broke this morning about tonight's special meeting. And yet, yet again, Board Member Devlin invoking the doctrine of necessity. I wish I had some doom and gloom music that I could play with that. It sounds like a monster movie. John, what the hell is going on? Well, Harry, I think I give you a comment. Uh, this is the most special meetings we've ever had. I mean, in my 19 and a half years on the board, and the most times we've ever used the doctrine of necessity. And I know you do your homework. We use that doctrine more than any other school district in the state of New Jersey by far. We've contacted the state, and that's something that should only be used very rarely with a superintendent. Now we just use that. One size fits all. You know, we're not sure if we need it, but let's just do it anyway just to cover us. And what's what's with making these big money decisions without giving the public any advance notice to speak of? It's just all rotten, John. It's terrible. And so let me take it back a little bit. I know you covered this, but we had a special meeting. Uh, We had a a superintendent, assistant superintendent was resigning or retiring, and we had to fill that position. Well, in the meantime, prior to filling that, they created another position to, it's a call to assist it to the superintendent, like at, at the cost of almost 180000 a year. Um, you know, 
it's just ludicrous. And we're not doing our job as board members. If we don't start challenging these positions and challenging these questions, even the question, hey, what are we doing here? Um, that's just being a good board member. It's nothing personal. John, am I correct? Because I think I know what I know, but I know you know what you know because you're the best at this, the longtime president of the board, on the board for basically 20 years. Enrollment is declining, correct? Enrollment is at an all-time low and has been going down and declining over six or seven years, if not longer. So why is the administrative staffing going in the other direction? I've been screaming this for years, Harry, you know, we're building bigger buildings. We have plans to spend over $10 million on administration building. You know, the population of Atlantic City has gone down. Hence, the population of students also go down. You know, but the population of administrators and staff has gone up. I got a problem with that. Also, too, John, with school choice, I think you'll agree, a number of students who used to have to come to Atlantic City now have choice. And that's why I've been saying for so long, be great Give people a reason to want to come. Don't give them a reason to opt out. So I am sure you have in the sending and receiving relationships, you have people that used to come to Atlantic City automatically that are not coming. No, and we have done nothing as a district to retain. We don't recruit in the uh, in the lower level grades. We don't have anything spectacular. Let's take ACIT. You know, they have the dental program. They have... The broadcasting uh, program, they have a ton of things that's, you know, that attract younger, younger folks that want to be part of those kind of programs. I mean, you look at, I mean, Dr. Phil Gunther and his team at the Atlantic County Institute of Technology, they have put an amazing school together that offers so many opportunities. There's so many uh, great trades and other life experiences that you can that you can achieve if, say, you might not be a student that's looking to go to college, for example, and it's gangbusters. I mean, the supply and demand there, they're turning people away. Oh, absolutely. The process is very stringent. And, you know, they're building they're building a football team in. They brought uh, young man Cuso in. They recruited him from Pleasantville to come in, start their football uh, program. I mean, they're really ahead of the curve. We have slept the last decade or so. You know, our administration slept on duty. There's nothing to attract them. Uh, they've done nothing in recruiting-wise for our basketball team. You have nothing to recruit for our football teams. Nothing are, you know, we have zero recruiting. We have zero incentives to come here. I mean, John, you- John, when I make this statement, and I've said it on air and I've written it, that this is becoming a friends and family employment agency, that seems to be the focus. That it seems to be job one. Job one is taking care of all their friends, all their family members, all their political alliances, and almost to hell with good order, with delivering proper services if it's at the city purpose tax level, or a great quality, thorough and efficient education if it's at the school purpose tax level. This seems as though this is a Marty and Laquetta Small employment agency. Well, it seems to be shaping into that, if not there already. And let me say this, Harry. I don't care who you are. I don't care what last name you have. You're qualified to be here. And, you know, if you do live in the city, we give you a little oomph for that. 
if you're qualified and you're good for this district, I'm supporting you. I'm not going to come after your last name because you're who you're affiliated with. That's stuff that Marty Smalls does. And that's stuff that, you know, we can't do as a school district. But we bring, it seems as though, I know on the city side, it's very blatant that they fill positions on the city side with well over underqualified uh, candidates just because of who they're connected to, who they supported in the last election. We can't do that, but it sure seems to be looking that way on our side as well. So there's we, we talk about today in our report, our breaking news report on the WPG Talk Radio app or WPGTalkRadio.com about this particular assistant superintendent at 179000 uh, plus fringe benefits. The other thing, and I don't know if this is happening at the school purpose tax level. I do know it's happening with Marty Small on the city side. And I just draw back on my own experience as an executive. We, we would have a salary guide, a jobs compendium, and there would be a salary range. But you never really brought anybody in at the top of the salary range. You gave them room to grow within the guide or, you know, if it's steps or whatever the case might be. Uh, if it's not a union situation that's that's predetermined, you, you would have the ability to grow to, to a higher salary over time. They bring people in at like the highest part of the range. Is this happening at the school level? Yes, sir. Of course. And I've been... Uh Grunting and moaning, I question it every time. Uh, you know, obviously, you know that all candidates come in at a certain step and a certain tier. Um, we bring in everybody. There, nobody comes in on step one anymore. Very rarely you see somebody come in step one. They come in the top of the charts, and you know, we use sometimes we do use that to bring a competitive position in, such as i.e. a science teacher, i.e. a math teacher. But it, it seems as though. We're using that while we use it for security guards. John, with the um, with the oversight that the state has, and because of you know tens of millions of dollars worth of transition aid, transitional aid every year, they have a lot of power. They could stop a lot of this stuff. Why is the state? This is also not just at the school purpose tax level. It's it's equally abusive at the city purpose uh, taxpayer level. Why is the state sanctioning this madness? I think everybody's asking that question. Um, you know, now we have a different monitor on the school the district side. So, uh, you know, and I do conversation, have conversations with her often. Um, she is more of a fiscal responsible monitor. But, I mean, stuff like this just isn't. But, I mean, for example, the board is going to vote tonight. Now, I, l- let me get the bottom of the hour break in, John, and we will come back with this in the next segment. I... I can't imagine that they would have brought this up for this special meeting tonight if they don't already know they have the votes to pass it. And so then they say in in small print, uh, this still has to be approved by the executive county uh, superintendent. And, and of course, I'm sure the monitor as well from the state of New Jersey. But it seems like everything they do just gets sanctioned. Like they, they like they know it in advance. Like this is all this is corrupt and they're in cahoots and they already know. Oh, well, we're right down. This is still pending approval, but they already know they have it is what I is what I gather. And I mean, people off the record are telling me that Uh, I want to get your take on that when we come back. Number one, do you believe your good vote counter? Do you believe the votes you knew you would have still been board president 
had they not knocked the one person out that they did, you'd be the board president right now. That would be very advantageous to the Atlantic City taxpayers because the board president has control of the agenda. You might not put up a certain thing if you felt that it wasn't in the best interests of the taxpayers or the school district. Uh, but, of course, they knocked out that one vote and they and they took control by the slimmest of margins. With all this just shenanigans and skullduggery and political crap that's going on, is this majority about to flip? A lot to talk about with John Devlin as we continue right after this on the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. And you did that. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. It is, and it's Harry Hurley at 31 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow right now on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. One, what we're talking about now, another expensive Atlantic City hiring, this time the Board of Education. Last week or the week before that, it was Marty Small and millions at the city level. We also have a great story on the best lobster we've ever had. It was July of last year, and it's an Atlantic City lobster and also the best brujol in Atlantic City. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Today is going to turn into a stormy day for South Jersey, but not yet. For now, it's warm and way more humid than this weekend. Look for scattered showers and thunderstorms to roll in this afternoon. Some locally heavy rainfall could lead to flooding issues. Today's high temperature around 83. Drying out and clearing out tonight, low 62. Refreshing tomorrow, partly sunny and dry, high of 78 degrees. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back. It's 35 minutes past the hour. John Devlin from the Atlantic City Board of Education. You might remember, and we've written about it and we've spoken about it on air extensively. We've pretty much owned the coverage on the fact that John is the immediate past chairman of the Atlantic City Municipal Utilities Authority, and it was a, a completely filthy, dirty, uh, ugly politician named Marty Small that did that dirty deed. Actually, something that's never been done in American history. So this this um, this just horrifically bad example of a public official, uh, that's the kind of time he spends knocking people out like John Devlin, uh, Dredgy Wood. I mean, what what a what a horrible track record this administration has, John. Let me go back to what I was talking about right before the break, because it. I think it only needs to be one person flipping or one change. Is the balance of power on this board of education one vote difference right now? Well, I don't know, Harry. Um... You know, there's definitely some opinions, difference of opinions uh, up there as we speak. I guess it just has to do with exactly what's on the agenda at the time. All right, so it's it's transactional. It's um, it's based on the issue. For example, tonight, and again, I don't think Marty and Laquetta Small are two bright, extraordinarily bright people, but they're not dumb. I think Laquetta's smarter than than Marty. Marty is kind of uh, dopey, but uh, she's not dopey. Um, I don't think she's a good superintendent, but she is smart. Uh, and 
I can't imagine she would put that up uh, and that Shea Steele would put that up tonight if they didn't have the votes. Is this is this vote over before the meeting even takes place? Well, I think what, I, I believe it is, but I, I think what the concern should be is like how they presented this. They're presenting it uh, to us. First off, I asked her at the last board meeting, are we, we're creating a new position. Oh, yes, we are. Okay. And who we, why are we filling this position? Well, we have made that decision. Less than a month later, they've made that decision and found a candidate within a month and, and expect us to vote on it. Well, I think there's a lot of new board members on there. And then, you know, there's controlled board members on there. Shea Steele is controlled. You know, uh, unfortunately, you have board members that have assets that work for the district. They have you know, families that work for the district, and they're controlled, Harry. And you know how Marty does So, so yeah, so in other words, when you have – that's the problem – with these conflicts when you have immediate family members that have jobs that really compromises the board member doesn't it absolutely they're conflicted and that's why they can't vote on certain things but think about it harry you've seen marty smalls's track record right you disagree with them you don't have the same idea with them and you're out look what he's done i mean you just got rid of the uh planning development director heard the HR director resigned under conflict. You disagree with them, you're out. And I, I'm sure these board members not stupid. Shay's not a stupid guy. I ran elections with him. He probably sees a right law. If I don't support his agenda, then I have an issue. His wife works for a district. Miss Bailey's son works for a district. Miss 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 uh, uh, Byard's daughter works for a district. I mean, the list goes on. Well, yeah, five out of nine Atlantic City elected board members need an, need a, approval, a special doctrine of necessity approval in order to be able to vote tonight uh so i would imagine they got their ducks in a row they're going to get the person they want and then there's another assistant superintendent that they want and we know that name too didn't we text each other these names over a month ago john i'm sorry repeat that question didn't we text these names of people that are getting these jobs over a month ago there's no surprises here absolutely absolutely Yep, absolutely. You sent it to me, and you're right on the money. That's what I'm hearing, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. But well, By know, the I, way, will that be the doctrine of necessity again? Absolutely. Has to be. And I don't even know if it calls for that. I mean, we've hired assistant superintendents in the past, and as far as I know, in my tenure, we've never done it that way. Well, you know they have to do it that way. They need the votes. Right. They can't. They have to do it. They can't let if this was left with the math that would be on the table. Otherwise, I don't think this would get approved, nor the other assistant superintendent. But I'll tell you what, I expect this from these locals that they've never had power like this before. And they're hiring all their friends and and doing all this crazy stuff. I expect this coursey crazy stuff, you know, this going on uh, and, and the smalls and all of it. I don't expect the state to behave corruptly the way that they have been. That's the shocker to me. Well, Harry, um, if I could put you on the spot real quick. You know, you had mentioned it earlier, and you were 100% right. Where's the monitor? Where? And, and, and you also said that this, this contract is going to the county superintendent. Who's the county superintendent right now? I used to know who the county superintendent was, like the back of my hand, for my entire broadcasting career, I can't even tell you. And it's now executive county superintendent, whatever that means. I don't even know who it is. Well, uh, Miss Leslie Corsi. So who's that? 
uh, your your uh, freeholders' uh, wife. Wow. So, so I, I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I I honestly didn't even know her first name. Ernest, yes. of course, I've known forever, um, right. and, and I've, I've known of a Mrs. Corsi, but I didn't even know that was her name. So, man, this thing is just. It's like it's 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 all the game is just it's it's rigged. It's just it's all set. It's 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 amazing. I had no idea. Not playing dumb. I had no idea. So what are the chances that the executive county superintendent is not going to approve this? And it's nothing against her. I don't know her. I don't know what she sounds like. I don't know what she looks like. I don't know anything about her. But. I don't believe in coincidences either. Well, they, that's the problem. You they, know. they got it all lined up. They got it all. Yeah, look, I, you know me, John. Even when I don't agree with it, I give credit where credit's due. They're locking up and consolidating power, the likes of which – I mean, look – when Langford was mayor, Ninell wasn't the superintendent of the schools, and this one wasn't the the captain of the the, the you know this team. I mean, they got it all locked up, buttoned down, John. And I'm sure they're laughing. Yeah, 100%, 100%. I'm sure they're laughing behind the scenes. They must think, man, look at this. How did we look at what we've pulled off here? You got Corsi that thinks he's the czar of the fields. I hear he collects the parking money. Uh, I mean, now the wife is the is the count, executive superintendent of the county county superintendent. This is unbelievable. What's next? And 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 that's the you know the hand we're dealt, unfortunately. And it's it's it, it. I'll tell you what it does. Does it, it? It beats up the morale of good staff workers, good people that earned the right um, for certain positions. And unfortunately, um, they don't get the same um, attention that, you know, politically involved people do. And, that you know, that's not good for a district. Now, so let's just say uh, nobody hold their breath. This is not going to be a cliffhanger. Five o'clock tonight is going to come and it's going to go. There'll be a new assistant superintendent at $179,000 a year plus full fringe benefits. And then coming up in the not too distant future, there'll be the next assistant superintendent and i could tell you right now who that person's going to be i'm right about the first one and i know i'm going to be right about i'm even i'm even more convinced i'm right about the second one so do they wait you know uh till next time you know a couple of weeks or you know it just seems like john nothing is happening and we've got to go in about a minute nothing is happening through good order i mean like at a regular commission meeting or a regular council meeting or a regular board of education meeting that all this stuff is on the agenda and the whole public can see it it's all secret squirrel stuff right no transparency no explanation you know in the past and i'll give you an example and you'll appreciate this fred nichols superintendent if he wanted to create a new position he would come to the board and present it at an open board meeting that way the public can you know have some uh aspect of it and, and have some comments on now we just have things that just pop up you know we got this agenda on a friday yeah it's like a syndicate they don't leave anything to chance they don't they 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 think they that the public is stupid they completely flaunt this stuff and so you find out I got a, a person that got me information yesterday about this meeting uh, today. What what did notification come to the board on Friday about the meeting for Monday? Is that about what we're talking about, John? Yeah, our board packet came Friday. Normally, by 
you know, we normally have it by Thursday. See, what you all should do, and I, I was a board member, and I can tell you this, and our superintendents, whether it was Dennis Kelly or Bill Gussie or John Byarski or anybody, I worked with John Garrity for a while, who, by the way, was also fantastic as an interim. Byarski was, too. Uh, they would never think about giving us a packet on Friday and we were going to vote on this stuff on Monday. They would never do it because we would actually not vote on the stuff. They would never try it. But they have so little regard. They believe you are dopes, that you're dupes, you're, you're functionary order takers, and they can slam it on you. Let me go to my, um, my information here if I can find it real quick because I think this is extremely relevant to the conversation. Give me just a second, John. Let's see. Just before four o'clock on Friday, you get the agenda as a board member uh, for a meeting that is five o'clock on Monday. That and, and you're hiring a, a substantial six-figure, high-level employee, John. We got to go, but that is a disgrace. That's a disgrace. Yes, it is. It's you know, come on. It's July first. I know how the school year starts. Uh, there's no emergency here. This doesn't have to be done with hours notice to the board. Let's keep in touch. Uh, you are working with some of the yes. worst people, one of the, some of the worst examples at the city and at the school level in the history of Atlantic City. And uh, God help Atlantic City. This is just not acceptable. Uh, but it's always good to talk to you, John, and, and uh, keep the faith. Thanks for your support, Her. Yep. Good to talk to you. He's John Devlin. And I'm going to come right back to your calls. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 51 minutes past the hour. Well, I owe our next leader who's about to take uh, to the microphone here on the program a, a supreme debt of gratitude because he was very generous, very kind to defeat me in the election of 1992 in Ventnor. Because had that not occurred, uh, I don't believe the last more than 30 years that we have been blessed to do this would have ever happened. So, Mayor Tim Kreischer, uh, thank you for defeating me uh, in our election. I, I appreciate you very much for it. You're welcome, Harry. I'm sure I'm sure if you would have won, you would have had other successes. So, Well, you had many. I think you, you have the longest time of service, you and Ted Bergman, maybe in Ventnor City history. And uh, four years on the commission, three terms, uh, four terms on the commission, three terms as mayor, unless you correct me. Uh, Mayor, uh, I know when we get talking government and some of the things that go on, uh, you're a serious man. So you have an observation about something. Time is yours. Yeah, actually, I was calling for a question with John Devlin. Ah, sorry Uh, about that. And maybe he's still listening or the next time you talk to him, you can asking this question but well the thing i was the uh, local newspaper i thought did a a very good job on the analyzing revised pilot bill Mm -hmm. and that indicated Atlantic city lost money in that revised bill and and we know the county lost money uh with the revised bill because they had to sue the state and the city to get there so my question for mr devlin was did the lane city board of education lose money as a result of the pilot bill. Okay, I and, think it's a good question. Know, I, 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 ha- I texted John I to see if he can call back. 
in, in you know government very, very well, and you were on the, the board of school estimates as, as mayor and as commissioner before that. So you know, uh, if it affected the city, how could it not have affected the board of education? They would have, because if you lose um, revenue in, in, in the funding apparatus, I would think, and here's John Devlin right now, John, Mayor Tim Kreischer is here. I don't know if you were listening and heard the question, but the question is with the the pilot legislation, did the Board of Education lose in that? Um, no, we actually uh, were allotted more funds uh, so far. Wow. And I think, um, yeah, we were allotted more funds. Now, you have to understand in the times test, I think the mentality in Trenton was. All right, so had- go back, go back half a step. With what can be controlled by the process, you're on the right side of it because the state has continued to offer each year what is called transitional aid. That's what's putting you right side up, correct? Not the formulation of the, and the calculation of the pilot, but the transitional aid, correct? That's a hundred percent correct. All right, so yes. so Tim, there's two questions here. Did they lose? I say they lost before the transitional aid puts them right side up. And the city gets certain aid as well. But the school district has consistently, John, done pretty well with the transitional aid, haven't you? Yes, we have. I have to, uh, you know, and that goes back to former Senator Chris Brown um, pushing and fighting in Trenton uh, to make sure that we had a fair amount of money coming our way. Which also goes to why the state, I'm not saying they should be anything but benevolent, but why they should show more leadership than they do because they have a lot of power because they, they could take back some of that or all that at any time. And then you know the district would be like like we were many years ago when there were all those massive draconian cuts. Mayor Kreischer, your thoughts? Yeah, no, John, thanks for answering that question. So if I understand it right, sure, they may have lost money in the pilot bill legislation, but then the state made up for it by giving them additional transitional aid money. So That's 100% they, correct. If there was no change in the pilot bill, if the pilot bill remained as as it was prior to, would the city, would the board of education still got that increase in transitional aid? That's a good question. I the answer to it. I don't know. I just know in, in years past, you know, going back twenty. Well, 15, 20, John, I think that you would. It would be less, perhaps, but you would still be getting transitional aid because they were doing that all along. Very limited, very limited basis, though, okay. Harry. It was nothing to get now. It okay. was very limited. And the thought process, uh, Senator Whalen came to us and discussed it, was that the thought process in Trenton is that we at Atlantic City had deep pockets with the casinos and everything. So we never got our due diligence as far as tra- uh, transitional aid from Trenton. That never happened until Chris became senator, unfortunately. And now, you know, the problem is now... Just, you know, we're spending like a bunch of drunken sailors. And, you know, the mentality in AC school board is, hey, either we spend it or we'll lose it next year. And that's just a bad mentality to have right now in the times we're living in. Tim? Yep. Now, John, I thank you for that answer and thanks for clarifying it. Because sure, Tim. Uh, wondering. About that. And, uh, you know, I appreciate all that you're doing on the board as a uh, sending thanks. district thanks. Uh, to, to the high school affects our taxes in Ventnor. So I appreciate all that you're doing and trying to uh, make sure that we have the quality of 
competition there at a at a uh, at a great price. So thank you very much for your efforts. And thank you, Mayor Kreischer. John, don't go away. I have a quick follow up for you. Uh, how much, if you don't know to the penny, approximately how much per year does it cost to attend Atlantic City High School for ascending district? Well over twenty thousand dollars. Well over twenty thousand dollars. I want to oh. say it's over twenty five thousand dollars, but I I don't have the exact yeah. number. But I can get that for you. That's something that sh- you should have. That's something you should be able to call the school district and ask. I mean, that's a transparency issue. Um, but uh, let me get the exact number. And I I say this, Aaron. I feel like I faltered. Um, it's nah. been changing, and you know, yeah. so I don't want to give you uh, a wrong number. But it's well. My over- my guess is somewhere between twenty five and twenty eight thousand a year. Your guess is pretty good. I think it's I right say. in between. But I don't want. I don't yeah. want. No, that's fine. We'll, we'll reconvene. Yeah. And I didn't try to do anything. This was not a gotcha or anything, but that's a lot of money. And and I remember how many students we used to send uh, to Atlantic City High School. It's a lot of money, and it didn't cost twenty five, twenty eight thousand back then when I was on the board. But in fairness, I mean, there are things such as inflation and and all of that, and a lot of people that don't understand. Thorough and efficient educational items cannot be touched. Some people get upset, and and there's very little that you can actually cut. That's why I think it's important that we shine the light when they're bringing on big positions at at high big salaries that aren't necessary, especially in a declining enrollment atmosphere, because there are so many things you can't touch, and then you wind up hurting kids. Because things that are not thorough and efficient, like extra and co-curricular activities and things like that, wind up getting cut because you can't cut the things that you're not allowed to cut. That's exactly right, Harry. And then unfortunately, you know, unless you spend some time on a board or really get into it, you don't have the, the kind of information. So it's hard to explain somebody that don't doesn't understand. Exactly. John, good to visit with you. Thanks for being right there. When uh, Mayor Kreischer had a question as well, we'll keep in touch. Good luck tonight, sure. but we, I think we know how that's going to turn out. Congratulations. You have, a new, you have a new employee, John. Congratulations. Yes. May there be many more. A new position, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. New position, too. Right. Not even necessary. Brand new position. What a joke. And the state is sanctioning this madness. It's one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Dateline Atlantic City. Thank you, John. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Mayor Charles. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Ah, yes, just a few clicks uh, before six past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you, and we know it. This is the Auto Plaza at English Creek. Mayor Charles Kane is here. Mayor Kane is the mayor of Hamilton Township. Atlanta County, New Jersey, and this is Mayor Kane's weekly program dedicated to a discussion all about automobile service parts and sales. The Auto Plaza at English Creek by Charles and Amory Kane are the official and exclusive automobile service parts and sales provider for the Hurley in the Morning program. They're at 6122 East Black Horse Pike in Egg Harbor Township on the web. I call it the virtual Auto Plaza store. 
myautoplaza.com if you prefer to call. The phone number is 609-646-2447. Mayor, it was a privilege to have you once again participate in the Hurley in the Morning Charity Golf Open. Good Monday morning, Mayor. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Good. Uh, what a what a what a great event once again. Uh, I mean, uh, it was uh, the weather you could not pick. Uh, more beautiful weather. And now, imagine uh, if it was the week before. It would have been, but would have been in the low nineties, which would have been terrible. Uh, no, the weather was absolutely perfect, yeah, it really and was. Uh, the course I, I had at Linwood, uh, the 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 course was in just amazing shape. Good to hear. Good to hear. I, I, I love the turnout. I mean, we have 31 foursomes, with the exception of a wonderful couple that's been playing for a number of years, one on one foursome, one on another foursome. They came down very late, just a, I think two days before thereabouts, before the charity tournament day with COVID-19. Uh, the one foursome was able to replace one. The other foursome was turned into a threesome. And then we had one other person that had a work obligation uh, at the last second. But out of 124 players, we had 121. I'm sorry, 122 because we did replace the one. 122 out of 124. It's pretty amazing in this day and age with as busy as people are. Oh, it certainly is. And, and uh, you know, especially with, the, as we've talked about so many times, how the economy is going, too. Yeah. Um, it's, it's nice to see individuals want to gather and gather at such a great event to give back to, um, you know, those organizations in, in our area need it. So. And by the way, thank you for your participation. And we came, I believe, as close as we've ever come to the hole-in-one. Now, we have two hole-in-ones. We have the hole-in-one that Mayor Kane and uh, Anne-Marie sponsor, and then we have the hole-in-one for $5,000 that Vaughn and Margie Real, Sport Clips Haircuts, the official haircuttery for the Hurley in the Morning program, that they sponsor. Mayor, on the sixth hole, your hole-in-one hole, somebody came within about six inches. They hit the flagstick. They hit it. So if it would have come one of those ones where you hit it and drops in the in the cup, it would have happened. It bounced off the flag stick and, and rested six inches from the hole. That's how close we were. That that is amazing, and uh, it's going to you know it's going to happen. Uh, I remember talking to Bill Elliott a long, long time ago. The very first year of the Hero Golf Tournament, they had hole in one for the car. They've never had one since, like twenty years. Close to 20 years, if it's not 20 years, because I think they're a little bit ahead of us. Um, we've never had one. We have been under 10 inches at least twice. That is that's that's fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, it would be it would be great to see it finally happen. Uh, you know, it is such a it is for such, you know, like, as I said, great causes. It would be nice to see that. uh, uh happened so i know it wasn't our foursome that's for sure uh, you know we've been in contention many many years uh, and and a lot of times golf uh, you know skill is one thing but you you do have to rely on luck once in a while and uh, and uh, we didn't have any luck on on uh, friday so it wasn't our foursome that came within six inches that's for sure without a doubt without a doubt uh, Mayor, let me uh, turn it over to you. We've got about five minutes before the first break. Uh, what's on your mind this morning? I love the item that you sent to me and the fact that it's called Jetson. 
because you and I said, oh gosh, how many years ago did you and I start talking about flying cars on this show? It's got got to be 15 or more years ago. And I said, like the Jetsons, and now the thing is called Jetson. That's crazy. It, it, it really is, and I tell you, you know, we, we and again, it, when we have those, uh, the fun times when we do that, and we do these uh, uh, out-of-the-box uh, topics, and the jet, uh, the, you know, we, we've talked about the flying car and how it's 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 going to uh, find its place here in, in, in our society and, uh, you know, how far off it would be. And sure enough, uh, you know, a company called and uh, has uh, made the first production uh, flying uh, uh, vehicle that uh, literally uh, you know, takes off from a standing position and and can fly you electrically from from one location to the other. I believe it has about a um, a two hour range on it, uh, two hours of flying time. So. And, and Mayor, it did look like it sort of looks like the Jetsons flying contraption. I think it looks exactly. Like that, when you look yeah. back at the cartoon, yeah. and uh, you know, when you look at it, you say, "Wow, this is there's just striking uh, similarities between it." So I'm telling you, I know this is going to sound a little cornball, but I really mean it. Star Trek. If you look at all the things that started because of Star Trek, it's so true. Uh, tricorders and and these other apparatuses on their tool belts and these other things that actually there 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 are lists of people want to go see with real things that came by way of fiction. And and you think about Rosie the robot and you think about that flying contraption car that they had with the bubble top glass and and the, the almost like shaped a little bit like the lost in space um, spaceship, but not quite uh, smaller sort of in slightly different lines, but similar in, in, in that sort of um, uh, design. This stuff that is totally fictional ultimately becomes for real. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, it, you, when you think about it, when you imagine when you, uh, you know, when that show came out, watching that and, and seeing these things and, you know, you're, you're going, wow, this is just, you know, so, so outside the box, you know, and, and it's such fiction. And here we are, uh, you know, just a few years later, uh, and, and, you know, reality is, is upon us. And, and this is a vehicle, uh, a flying vehicle, that uh, production uh, MSR, MSRP appears that it's going to be around $22,000 now. Wow, a third of the cost of an electric car. Well, and well, and we see... Then you can that, fly. You know, the most... <laughs> Yeah, the most successful electric car company uh, that I think we've seen in, in, in you know, uh, our lifetime, uh, uh, Tesla is struggling right now. And, well, and, and by the way, they're, they're struggling. Elon Musk was very honest about it. They're struggling because they can't get the product that they need. It's a supply chain disaster. And Elon Musk also announced uh, late last week or over the weekend that they're going to be introducing – uh, a robot that will be very human-like. They're doing something very, um, I don't want to say far-fetched because the technology is there. Uh, but the, the, these androids, I think we're headed to, now you and I, we have these long-range conversations. If you ever saw the movie Robin Williams where he spends his whole life trying to be given the rights of a human, uh and I don't want to spoil the ending, even though it's an old movie. You should watch it. Everybody out there that's never watched it, it's an amazing movie. I love it. Uh, it's a good movie. It has so much heart, and it's just fantastic. Uh, we're going to see 
this whole Android thing where jobs that were done by humans will not be. We already know that in Japan there are full hotels where robots do the job of what local 54 employees here do. You don't need housekeeping attendance. You don't need environmental services attendance. You don't need front desk agents. You don't need any of these things. And we know that there are fast food um, restaurants that have the technology of robots running the entire restaurant. We're going to see, I think, and and it's not going to take like 15 years from now. I think we're going to see some major changes in our sort of societal evolution, if you will, relative to jobs that aren't going to exist anymore. We've already seen it. And I mean, toll takers and things like that hardly exist. Uh, it's happening, isn't it? Oh, it absolutely is. And I, and I have to tell you, you know, it, when you look at what employers are going through right now um, and, you know, how difficult it is to get help in this in this current economy, uh, you know, it, this is not, you know, where, where this before was somewhat of it was a little a uh, little bit out there a little star trekish uh, and you know uh, when you when you you look at it and you say this will never happen now it's almost a product of necessity and uh because it's tough getting people to fill these jobs so uh you know it, it is it is inevitable that it's going to happen and and as you said it's happening now and uh I think you're going to see it continue to happen, and it's going to happen more rapidly and at a lot quicker pace. Yeah, without a doubt. Let's get our first break in. He is Mayor Charles Kane. I am Hurley in the Morning. This is WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. And it's the Auto Plaza at English Creek. For automobile service parts and sales, don't do as I say, do as I already do. Turn to the official, the exclusive provider here at the show level, if you will, professionally, but also at the personal level for my entire family, where Charles and Anne-Marie and their great team, they've been taking care of us uh, with all of our needs in sales, parts, service uh, for decades. 609-646-2447 on the web at myautoplaza.com. Back in just a little bit. Don't go away. Much more important content straight ahead. Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, great one. 21 minutes past the hour. Mayor Charles Kane continues. It's the Auto Plaza at English Creek weekly radio program. Mr. Mayor, what's happening in the world of uh, automobiles? Well, I listen, I, I mean, uh, obviously, uh, we talked earlier about um, uh, the struggles that Tesla is facing right now because of supply chain issues. Uh, you know, it's still affecting, obviously, uh, uh, new car dealers, which ultimately affects pre-owned car dealers. It's affecting parts. It's expected, you know, uh, it's, it's starting to affect service in a, in a big way. Um, you know, something as simple as, uh, you know, we t- a set of rotors. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at, uh, you know, a week and a half, two weeks to, just to get specific, you know, certain 
parts that were so run-of-the-mill before that they were easily located on uh, multiple uh, parts house shelves. And Mayor, isn't it amazing? It's almost confounding to witness our country broken. I've been using that expression that the country is broken right now. I mean, you can't get things that, that your entire lifetime, 10 generations before you, could get all these things. You can't get what you need. You, and you can't, I mean, you can't depend that a plane is going to take off on time. I've told everybody that whenever you take vacation time, build a day, at least a day. And that might not even be enough sometimes. If you think your flight's going to be on time and you can go right back to work the next morning because you've been able to do that for your entire lifetime and your parents and grandparents and everybody else for three, four generations, at least before that, have been able to do it. Nothing is working right now. Very frustrating. It, it, it absolutely is because, I mean, whether or not, you know, you supported uh, an administration, no matter whether or not you voted for someone, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I'd never in my wildest dream imagined that it could go so bad so quick. And this, the scariest part of this is there's no leadership, so there's no end in sight. There's, yeah. I, you know, there's, there's no confidence, I, I believe, with, you know, the American people that this can be fixed. And if it can be anytime soon. So I think this is here to stay for, for at least a couple of years. Um, and uh, I don't think it's going to get any better. I think it's going to get much, much worse. I mean, this whole thing with the chips, you know, we, we've taken the time to study this with you, Mayor. And you're talking about 300 chips in the typical car, 3,000 chips in the new electric car. I mean, and we don't have we don't have them. And, and so I, I, I talked to someone the other day there. You now have to make choices. If you're in the new car business, you have to make choices about accepting cars without the chips and offering what you call in your industry, WEOs, uh, or uh, they focus on maybe one of, if they have several different models that they, they have in their franchise, they focus on the one that will at least keep them alive and and so you see a lot of people, um, for example, uh, there's a local dealer that you're very familiar with that, that bought some of the Kerbic, uh assets. They they are focusing on Corvette. It, they still have Buick and they still have these other things. But, you know, you, you, you just have to be able to make it until such time that things return to some sense of normalcy. It's very challenging. How do you even – it's hard enough in your business – You have to understand the economy. You have to understand so many different things that are unfolding in real time. Then you take into consideration you don't know about your supply chain. And that becomes almost how do you manage that? Well, and and that's the thing. I mean, that's the difficult part. If you you look at some statistics, um, I mean, uh, new car sales are off over 1.4 million units. I mean, that's units that have just been scrapped that, are, that aren't going to be produced um, through June of this year. And if you look at all the top manufacturers, uh, General Motors is off uh, uh, in excess of 12%, Toyota 20%, um, Nissan 30%, Honda 23%, Hyundai. Hyundai is doing a little better than most 
at just over 4%. But, um, you know, if, if you look at those, I mean, there are vehicles that, that are not going to be uh, sold this year, and that's just going to keep creating that demand, uh, that pent-up demand even more. I mean, uh, so that's going to, you know, used car prices are going to continue to escalate um, because of the, uh, you know, the inability to get new cars. So, um, you know, at some point, I can't believe that we're sitting here. We you, we started talking about this on the show um, almost a year ago about these chips, and I can't believe that there's not a solution in place by now. Um, and uh, do, you know, do you, do, see if you agree with me. There needed to be a two prong approach. Number one, they had to figure something out internationally because we relied so much on on a, a supply chain that we didn't have total control. We had very little control of over just we were just a customer. We got to get in the game of making them here in this country. Now, what I hear and read, Mayor, that that's like a one to two year type ramp up because these are very uh, expensive plants that have to be made and 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 everything that has to be done infrastructure wise and so on and so forth. But guess what? It's already been more than a year or more. Let's get on it. Let's not just keep saying we're not going to do that. It's like saying we're not going to increase our own uh, refinery capacity because it's going to take a year or two. Well, we're already a year into this madness. So we got to get started on this stuff so that we can take control of the problem. Well, and, and again, I, I recall a press conference, uh, you know, uh, six, seven months ago uh, on this topic by the president and how, um, you know, they, the, the uh, U.S. was going to attack this problem. And, you know, here we are, um, you know, the, the going into the second half of um, 2022, and there's no solution to this problem at this point. Uh, you know, the solution is we just hope that uh, supply catches up with dem- demand sometime in 2023. That's not a solution. I mean, the solution is, um, you know, again, uh, building the plan here, uh, getting the chips, uh, getting it ramped up for production so we don't face this again. Uh, because, uh, you know, I, I just see, uh, you know, this situation where, um, you know, people are not going to be able to recover from this. There's, you're going to, this is going to have lasting damage um, that, you know, individuals are not going to be able to recover from this. You know, car dealerships uh, work on very, very slim margins, very slim margins, and uh, very high volume. And without having the volume, uh, you, there's no way they can hit those, uh, those margins. So um, this is going to be devastating. And I, I see a situation where, you know, they're, they're going to have to come to the rescue of uh, the auto industry in this country. Wow. I mean, I I have to agree because when something I mean, when something is through no fault of your own, this isn't remember when we were in 2008 going into 2009 and we I don't think the American people still even understand how close the United States of America came to being insolvent. The federal government, when something is too big to fail, the federal government, that's that's the reason that we have these behemoths in our lives they're supposed to be there for the things that we cannot do for ourselves how can a car owner car dealer owner how can you even begin to continue in the industry when you can't count on anything in the supply chain whether it's parts cars and of course if you're in the new car industry it affects the used car industry so it's all a part of the same enormous problem mayor Oh, it, it, it certainly is, and and again, the, the scariest part is, uh, you know, there 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 really is no 
plan and there's really no end in sight. I mean, uh, you know, the, the plan can't be, well, we'll delete certain options from the car, we'll give you a WIO, and we'll bring you back when, when that car, when, when those chips become available. Um, you know, that's not the answer. And that, that's only a Band-Aid, and it's only delivering a fraction of vehicles. Uh, again, you know, when you take 1.4 million new cars out of the market, um, uh, you know, that's going to, uh, again, they're, they're not going to be produ- produced because they already have a backlog of cars sitting in lots waiting for chips. Um, you know, that's, we're going to feel this for a very long time. And again, I see, I see the point, the, the time when they're going to have to bail out the industry. And I think for independence, that's not going to bode well. We know what happened in, uh, during the recession when they did it. They, uh, in order to help the new car dealerships, they destroyed a lot of good, quality used cars that could have been repurposed for individuals that maybe weren't as fortunate to be able to buy a new car. And uh, I, I see that happening again. And if you compare it, we'll go to the halftime break, Mayor. If you compare it to the fiscal, the financial meltdown, they actually made banks take money. They said, we don't, we, don't, we don't need it. We don't want that. No, you have to take it. They made them take it. And in fairness, there was a lot of uh, blowback about all of it. And I made a prediction at the time and I think part of it is because I worked for an inter- international bank for three years. Banks are very responsible. They don't get credit. They're very compliant. Uh, you take branch managers, for example, any good bank. I don't know that they all do it, but I know that the international bank that I worked for, they made branch managers leave the branch for two weeks. You had to go. Go on vacation. Bye-bye. Because they had every belief that if something was going on bad with the assets – it would present within a couple of weeks. So banks are very good about self-regulation and self-enforcing uh, and self-reporting. Uh, and there were banks that didn't want the money. They didn't need the money. They didn't want the money. The government made them take the money. And I made the prediction they'll all pay it back. Not only did every bank pay the money back, they paid it back early. Uh, and you never see that. The government always winds up getting stiffed. I, I do believe uh, there, there have been times where the airline industry needed uh, a bailout. I believe that both the new and the used car uh, industry needs a federal bailout because there are problems being created that are beyond the operator's ability to manage. You, you're, you're, not, you're not magicians. And it's an industry that's obviously very important to every American. You think about what percentage of the American people have an automobile, whether it's new or if it's used. So I do believe that at some point that that's because we haven't, I don't think we've hit the worst of this mayor. Well, uh, time is yours when we come back in just a few minutes, 32 minutes past the hour. It's the auto plaza at English Creek with mayor Kane. I'm hurling in the morning and this WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's Talk Station. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM South Jersey's Talk Station. It always happens. It's flying by because he's always so interesting to talk to and I enjoy it so much. And we hear wonderful comments from you about Mayor Kane as well. All right, Mayor, I come bearing a very valid extremely relevant question, which then now has created a follow-up that I have sent to the um, person that sent this in to us. Oh, boy. I dictated it, and somehow Babe Ruth showed up in my uh, dictation. I hope I hope he can understand what I wrote. 
instead of what I meant to say, it says, and this is a Babe Ruth point. Fantastic. So uh, I'm telling you, I've said it a long time. My phone is haunted. How in the world is Babe Ruth? I dictated something very clear. I enunciated well. It knows my voice. It's trained to know my voice and my cadence and everything else. And somehow, this is a Babe Ruth point. All right, so J. Edward Klein, please ignore my illiterate text message and follow along. Okay, so the former distinguished longtime mayor of Brigantine, our former fabulous New Jersey uh, general assemblyman and former New Jersey, I'm sorry, Atlanta County, reply, he put okay, <laughs> didn't even laugh, okay, uh, in any event, uh, and former Atlanta County Republican Party chairman writes in, I was told in 10 years the cost to replace a battery in an electric car will be $10,000. Mayor, is that true? That is actually, uh, that is extremely true. I mean, there is, and it could even be more for, for luxury vehicles. Um, you know, that's that's the cost of uh, a basic uh, Chevy Volt or a, a, a Prius. Uh, when you start talking about luxury vehicles, that cost can, can almost double to that price. Okay, so let's just for fun and giggles, let's remind our listeners, because this is a statistic I've learned from you, what is the average vehicle age on the road right now in america i understand it's the oldest it's ever been what's the average age you're looking at right around 12.8 years right now okay so then the battery died 2.8 years ago for every single person that on average is riding a car that would be that age so this is not um hyperbole or or bunk this is something that a lot of people are going to be dealing with and that's a big deal because what do you do you trade in your junk at that point uh that doesn't doesn't work uh do you do you have and who knows what the cost will be then uh or even if it's obsolete if this stuff is planned obsolescence to, to just not even even be able to be replaced when you when you need it 10 years or so down the road uh there's a lot of things they haven't thought through here mayor charles kane well, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, when we talk about you know the, this this great transition that that the, the, this administration wants to see happen, first of all, the infrastructure um, from the electric charging stations, which you know they, they, it, that's a you have to have that prior yeah. to um, you know this being able to happen. And you know, at the end of the day, this this expense that you're going to be faced with, uh, you know, no one has thought this through yet. By the way, uh, somebody that did that that I know very well, and you know this person very, very well too, when you count the electrician coming to your home and installing that 220 line or whatever it is, and then you get the kit that mounts on the wall that has that, uh, it looks like a nozzle that has that electric plug and all that, you're talking about at least a couple of thousand dollar deal right there. Absolutely. And uh, um, I, I, a question I had, Mayor, is, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, the technology in, in the um, electronic devices that we use uh, is outdated and, and moves so quickly. And if you think about, I know that you have an H phone and uh, I have an iPhone also. Um, and 
the battery life on my iPhone seems to diminish over time. Uh, you know, when I get it new, uh, I get, you know, maybe I get the whole day out of it. Uh, now I find, you know, a year and a half later that, uh, you know, I'm charging it constantly throughout the day. You know, my, my, my concern and my, one of the things we haven't talked about is, you know, they say the batteries are replaceable in 10 years or average life expectancy is 10 years. Do they diminish in time? at that six, seven year period. So if you're, ah, if you're looking at a range of, yes. if you're looking at a, and, and I don't know the answer to this, and this is a question I'm just posing. But listen, wouldn't it stand to reason that something can't stay as efficient as it did? What would be so magical just about electricity? And you know this, you take your cell phone, for example, there comes a point in time where you can't really charge the phone anymore. You can only use it with the, the adapter on, because the battery, the lithium battery, for example, on a cell phone has so many rechargeable events in it. How? Look, we have to wait for more time to, to go by, although I think with the Prius in particular, there are a number of years under the belt and a few of the other ones. I guess Chevy Bolt had, had some kind of electric version, that car. But uh, I think I'm buying what you're selling because it only stands to reason. There's never been a battery-operated event a battery that is rechargeable that stays as it was when it was newer it only gets worse it degrades so when you get fully charged anybody out there with a cell phone that's like like about two years old they're making them last better now than ever before but if you've got a cell phone that's a couple of years old you know it doesn't you get you fully charge it and you'll say 100% or if you don't have the, the number listed and you have just the bar all the way across, you know when you're fully charged, it doesn't keep that charge as long as it used to. You have, Mayor, we can't prove this today, but you have to be right with what you said. I, I just think it's, you know, it's one of those questions that you need to weigh when you when you decide to make this decision, I mean, and and again, that's something that uh, this is just a product. Uh, that question is a product of our conversation here on the radio this morning, and I will do some research on that, and 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 we'll we'll revisit that at the next uh, the next show. I love it, Mayor. Let's get our final break in. We'll be right back. One more uninterrupted power segment with the official, the exclusive automobile parts service sales. You name it, all aspects, anything to do with your vehicle. The Auto Plaza at English Creek. And if I've inspired you to call Mayor Kane or to stop by or to go onto the website, myautoplaza.com, uh, tell them that Hurley in the Morning sent you to the Auto Plaza at English Creek. With Mayor Charles Kane, I am respectfully yours. Hurley in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. This is it, your last chance to win the new $15 million prize of a lifetime from Publishers Clearinghouse. There is just one day left to enter to win $15 million on June 30th, so you must enter at pch.com before it's too late. $15 million, all for you. But time is running out, so enter now at pch.com. The $15 million prize of a lifetime. Don't miss your last chance to win it this June 30th. Enter now at pch.com. Entries due 628. No purchase necessary. Prize paid at least $390,000 annually. Void or prohibited. When you're an innovative business, every blinking cursor is an opportunity. What will you do with it? Will you make something better or create something new? 
Our Dell Technologies advisors provide you with expertise and tools with Windows 11 to do incredible things. Because we believe there's an innovator in all of us. To do more with a Latitude laptop, Dell Technologies recommends Windows 11 Pro for business. Call a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL. Hurley in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. We're back. It's 47 minutes past the hour with Mayor Charles Kane. This is going to be a smooth transition because we're going to go from this um, electrical conversation to one that is now at the Hamilton Township level. Mayor, time is yours. Well, Mayor, I mean, a great conversation, uh, you know, uh, with with electric cars and, and the chip shortage and, and what the American auto industry is facing. But to transition into something positive from that, Hamilton Township, uh, I'm very proud to say we're in the final stages. Uh, the the uh, Department of Transportation just asked for a few more pieces of information and has been doing studies on some of our roadways uh, because Hamilton Township has applied to become a low-speed vehicle community, which, uh, you know, Hamilton Township is uh, the largest municipality encompassing over 115 square miles, but the majority of the neighborhoods um, can be co-joined by this LSB community, meaning uh, you can get from uh, the southernmost part of town uh, into downtown Mays Landing, up in the lake area, and, and certain other areas, all by uh, a low-speed vehicle uh, once this legislation finally passes. We're ready to pass it. We're just waiting on uh, the, the, the final pass with the uh, Department of Transportation, and we're hoping we'll get that final approval this week. Uh, which means, uh, you know, it, it's going to be unique uh, as an inland uh, uh, community. Uh, you'll be able to, again, to take your, your golf cart or your low-speed vehicle and traverse uh, probably 50 to 60 percent of the entire town. Mayor, you know I love this, and I wrote about it a number of months ago. I'm such a huge fan of this, and I, I've seen it, and you've seen it. I know you've seen this uh, work. It really – I see if you agree with this comment I'm about to make – I believe it will bring your community closer together. I watch people recreate by way of using these low-speed vehicles in a way that really brings the community closer together. You're going to be traveling at a lesser speed. I believe there's a safety component to this that's awesome. I think it's a fabulous idea. Now, geographically, you can't do it everywhere because you need to have the ability for it to actually work. But you have found the path. You found the way to make it work in Hamilton Township, haven't you? We certainly have. And, you know, Hamilton Township, uh, you know, is, is uh, we, we have a combination of uh, uh, state roads, obviously, like all communities, county roads and municipal roads traversing our community. So that's where, uh, you know, getting the, uh, the, the pathways down in order to make sure that we, we maximize the ability for residents to, to travel uh, is, is what has taken the time. But, again, we're on the final stages of it. And, and like you said, I believe it, it'll promote a huge sense of community because, yeah. uh, you know, you're, you're breaking down those barriers. And, it, it, you know, it lends itself to, you know, I'm a big fan of community policing, putting officers in, in neighborhoods to try to prevent things and create those relationships, uh, you know, instead of just being in communities when you're when you're doing uh, enforcement action. Uh, and I think this 
does the same thing. It, 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 it eliminates those barriers, those doors. Uh, you know, it, it has the opportunity for to evoke conversation. And Hamilton's really primed for it. If you think about it, we, I mean, we have a shopping district downtown. We have a historic district downtown. Uh, we have the lake. We have uh, the river. Uh, there's a lot of amenities that can be utilized, the county parks that can be utilized with low-speed vehicles, uh, you know, in, in the majority of uh, the downtown area. So we're really excited about it, and we hope that it's going to spur, you know, future growth uh, in our historic downtown and commercial district. I love it. I love it. And you know this because you you always do your homework. This is becoming popular around the country. There There is something extremely desirable about this, and I really do believe – what I said, and I remember writing certain things about this when I first heard that you were you were looking at this. It's it's a, it's an article that I had such a good time researching and and publishing because I believe this does bring community residents closer together. Uh, I can tell you, just in our neighborhood, we have golf carts, and I, I love it. I look out my window and I see a golf cart come flying by, and it just looks cool it, it there's a vibe to it that is very friendly neighborly this is smart this is good business mayor kane smart well it is and i appreciate that and, and the reason why the uh, you know it, we've taken a little more time with this and the department of transportation has taken a little more time with this because this is the first time a community of this size and of this uh, diversity has made application for this in in New Jersey. They like the idea, and and they're looking to to uh, you know look at it as a model throughout the rest of the state. So uh, you know there are short communities, as you know, that there's short communities that all the roads are are below um, the 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 mile per hour threshold um, that that have become you know low speed vehicle communities. Mayor, but- do do me a favor for our listeners who don't know, and if you go to the archives of the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app or at WPGTalkRadio.com. You can find the article with ease. Just click on my picture and just go into the archives and you'll see the article that we wrote about this. But, Mayor, explain to your listeners, because you're not just a legislator here, not just a mayor, but you're a car guy and an expert car guy. What are the parameters uh, regarding a low-speed vehicle? Uh, What does the vehicle have to have in order to qualify? Well, it's going to have to have uh, seatbelts. It will have to have turn signals. It has to have the capability of doing in excess of 35 miles an hour, uh, although it will traverse on roads that, that have a top speed of 35 miles an hour. Um, but it has to have the ability to exceed that speed limit. Um, and uh, the, the final thing we're deciding right now uh, with the state um, is, it should be gas and or electric. So, um, you know, and, and, and again, we'll have defined pathways uh, because there's certain traverse points where, again, state and county roads meet, where those uh, roads on either side of the intersection are in excess of, of, of the speed limit. Uh, but the intersection itself, obviously, being a regulated uh, intersection, um, would be below those speeds. So uh, we're, we're excited. We're hoping to get the final word this week. And, uh, you know, if so, we're prepared to pass it on Monday night if, uh, if we get the word. When you – I know it's going to happen – because there's no, it, there would be no reason to turn this down. It's well thought out. It's well planned. It's well engineered, and it will bring a community closer together. It's 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 so positive. How cool is that going to be when you have a new vibe 
I don't want to put the cart in front of the horse, uh, pun intended, I guess, here on a car show. Um, but pun intended, how cool will it be when you as mayor get to, 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 to witness this? And I know you, you'll be participating. You'll have your own LSV uh, going up and down the, the, uh, the, the, the different areas. How cool will it be to witness this kind of vibe in your community? Well, you know, you made a you made a point earlier, and um, you know, look, we all know that in in many communities, golf carts are already being used. Um, this is a way to make that a a, a, a expand the use of it um, and make it legal. And uh, I I can't wait for it. Again, I think uh, you know, as as we talked earlier, it's going to promote uh, a sense of community, and you know, hopefully, it it'll help us also spur. Um, you know, an investment in our downtown because, you know, people will be able to, I I would much rather get on my low speed vehicle or my golf cart and run into the center of town to buy something as opposed to jumping in my car and, and, you know, and, and, and handling the traffic and, and around this commercial shopping district. So I think it has the real opportunity to showcase the amenities that we have here in Hamilton Township, specifically our downtown area. So, you know, there, there's, an, there's an industry here, too, because people are going to need the vehicles. I mean, I could see Hamilton Township having these babies riding around in, 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 in the many hundreds, if not thousands. I mean, there's going to I think there will be a lot of people that will want to do this. Well, we are also looking into um, an app uh, that would, uh, you know, allow individuals to traverse through the town um, using the app with certain, you know, it, it would, it would, it would point out all the historic properties we have, tell a brief bio of them. Um, it would direct uh, individuals to all the amenities we have, and we're hoping that we can have that app launched right around the same time we get this approved. So, uh, you know, it, it, it'll make it an event on your, on your low-speed vehicle uh, also. So uh, I think that that's something that I'm proud of it. I, I hope the state uh, gives us our final approvals, and I hope that uh, – uh, we can pass it as soon as Monday night because I think it's going to be exciting and and it could spur uh, you know a whole new industry. It could spur rentals of them. It could spur um, you know tours with them. I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen. And uh, you know, we feel I feel here in Hamilton Township that we're poised to be a a, a day trip destination for individuals traversing to the shore. And I think this is one more amenity that we're going to offer that can make that happen. I could not agree anymore with what you just said, including the rental market aspect. There will be entrepreneurs that will absolutely go into that business. You see the golf rental business right now. Look at Cape May, for example. You see the golf cart uh, rental business that they have there. And these are ones like you're talking about. These are the low-speed vehicles that hold a charge all day long. And, And we're talking about they'll hold a charge for more than 12 hours. And you've got blinkers and you've got lights and you've got all these windshield. I don't know if we covered it, Mayor, but a windshield is also required, correct? That is correct, yes. Yes. Um, and I've been on them. I've been on them in Cape May. It's a whole, I'll call it cottage industry. It, it, it's so popular. In fact, if you don't make a reservation in enough time, you can't even get one. They're that popular. Now, I understand Cape May... You know, I'm not comparing Hamilton Township and Cape May, but I believe the concept is transferable. Well, I, you know, I 
I, I would say that, you know, look, we're not Cape May. We know that. Um, do we have some similar characteristics of, of Cape May with our historic downtown, which is something that, you know, a lot of other communities don't have yeah. uh, with the addition of, again, where that's historic downtown. One of the things we're very blessed with sits between the, the traffic that, you know, we get uh, at the bulkhead on the Great Egg Harbor River um, and, and the restaurants uh, that are located on that to the lake uh, with the cove for swimming and, and the amenities that the county has provided surrounding the lake. So I think that, you know, we, we share some similar characteristics um, and we're poised to take advantage of that just like they did. So, um, I, again, I'm, I'm extremely excited about it. Uh, I'm proud of it. And I, I hope that um, we'll get that final word this week so we can introduce it Monday night. Love it. We've got about five minutes left in your program, Mayor. What would you like to close with? Uh, well, Mayor, uh, before, I, I certainly don't want to um, uh, end the show without uh, wishing Margie a, a very happy birthday. Um, it's, uh, I hope she has a wonderful day. I hope she uh, relaxes and enjoys it and spends time with family this evening. And, uh, you know, there's, there's other great things happening in Hamilton also. Uh, one of the things uh, I, I think I had uh, spoke about it on the show, uh, we are in the process of creating a regional dog park um, at the Lake Lenape uh, East area. We're in the, in the final stages of uh, planning on that right now, uh, which will have uh, more amenities than any surrounding dog park, which uh, we're very excited about. And again, it's something that you'd be able to access uh, the location of it on your, on your low-speed vehicle. So uh, that's, that's an exciting thing that's happening. In addition to that, uh, I had, you know, we, we had talked many times on we, we were undertaking the largest expansion of recreation in the township's history and uh that uh you know is at the leapy track and we're doing improvements to our other facilities but leapy track finally finally it looks like we're going to break ground on the uh new recreation stand and and bathrooms finally get rid of poor potties after 25 years in hamilton township so we're very very excited about that and lastly uh work is about to start on the uh, uh the lake lenape powerhouse uh, which is the beginning of the dam replacement uh, schedule. So that's an exciting thing. And, and once that dam is replaced uh, in its entirety with the, the new lighting feature we're talking about, that's another focal point uh, and, uh, uh, you know, tourist attraction that will be in our downtown. So we're very, very excited about that. That's awesome. Generally speaking, uh, and we've got about three, four minutes to uh, chew on this one. State of the uh, township. How is Hamilton Township doing? Figure we're close almost at exactly halfway through and obviously a lot of things have happened that you couldn't even possibly foresee the cost of energy so on and so forth uh how has the first half of the year gone well you know uh coming off a pandemic uh resisting the urge to raise taxes um you know uh the township is is facing all the unique uh, things that are coming at it just like every other community. And, and you know, there's going to be a time for reckoning. And I believe, you know, there's every, every municipality's budget is going to be strained right now, uh, especially because of the cost of energy. You know, no one anticipated this. You know, you, you always make sure that those line items have uh, a surplus in them so that, uh, you know, in case there's cost overruns, uh, I don't think anyone has been able to prepare for how much uh, that line item is going to be exceeded in each one of their budgets. And, uh, you know, uh, if hopefully uh, we can support our small businesses and keep them from, uh, you know, us having any more loss of commercial rateables. But I don't see that happening. So I, I, I see, you know, everyone's municipal budget being strained um, 
drastically. Mayor, you know what I always think is a good telltale? And it, this is one of the I, items that I pay close attention to. And I talk to, as you know, I talk to just about every single community in our area. How are tax collections going? If people are paying their taxes on time, now we know many people escrow them, so they're coming out with the mortgage and people that you know are making their mortgage payment, they're making their tax payment. But as you know, people do make quarterly tax payments as well. If tax collection rate is solid for the first two quarters of the year, I think that's meaningful. Your thoughts about that? Well, I, I, those numbers, I think, can, can uh, you know, we, we have a, a, a tax office that always does a great job. We're always in the 99-plus uh, percentile. Um, but those those numbers uh, are a little bit skewed because, as you said, most of the taxes are paid through, through mortgage payments. Uh, the bank will still then, in most cases, keep up with the taxes uh, in order to not, you know, uh, put the property in jeopardy for themselves. Uh, and a lot of times these companies come in that, you know, there's companies out there that just specifically buy up these liens so that the township gets paid, but then the liens put on the property. So I don't see the tax, um, collection issue, uh, impacting municipalities that are concentrating on it that much. I just see the overrun online items that, you know, was impossible to prepare for. You couldn't prepare for $5 a gallon gasoline and $7 a gallon diesel fuel. So no. uh, those types of things. And again, the, the loss in commercial rateables, you know, when, when these storefronts are struggling and they close up that, you know, that is cause for vacancies are, are caused for properties to be reevaluated. So, um, you know, we've been through that cycle and, and this year, uh, Hamilton Township was very, very fortunate. I believe we only had a, a, a couple of, um, assessment challenges. And, uh, yeah, as opposed to, you know, a year ago, we had an excess of, uh, 120. So to only have a couple this year uh, was a good thing. But I think next year we're going to be looking at a lot of commercial uh, reassessments. Wow. That's something unless else. Something, unless something drastically changes yeah. um, in the very, very near future here. 20 seconds, Mayor. You know what to do. Well, Mayor, once again, happy birthday to Margie. Uh, Mayor, I appreciate this time with you and your listeners every single Monday morning. And remember, Mayor, it's always a great day to buy a car. It is at the Auto Plaza at English Creek. Thank you, my friend. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Be well. Well, we did it. That's Monday. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, Button down the hatches because uh, I think we're going to get hit pretty good tonight with, with some rain beginning later this afternoon it's it's in the 90 percentile so i know that there was some rain in the forecast in the past week a couple of days of course not friday because we're blessed uh that's amazing and a whole other story but uh and it didn't really happen but i'm pretty confident we're going to get the rain today and i think we need it uh so be safe be well enjoy the rest of your day stay close to wpg uh talk